Welcome to day three of the I Am Talk 2012 Kona Super Specials with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. Alright guys, welcome along to day three of the Kona Super Special, the Iron Talk Kona Super Specials. Proudly brought to you by Coach Johnson, Bevan James Isles. How you going, mate? I'm pretty good. And you? I'm pretty good as well, actually. Well, it's currently, what is it, Thursday? Thursday morning. Thursday morning. It's currently around about 10 o'clock New Zealand, we're not American time. Mm-hmm. There's different times in America, so what time are we? Pacific Eastern? I think Kona's probably got a special Maybe time, I think. Side, we? Kona's got a special time. Has it? It must do. It must do. It must do. It must do. I, I, uh, the Iron Talk Kona Super Specials are proudly brought to you by Endurance Sport Travel. And again, we met some guy from Texas today, and mm-hmm. he used them to go to Brazil. And again, he said, "Top notch team, top notch." And Manolani Bay hotels and bungalows. Well, John and I went out there yesterday. We did an interview. We've got a few interviews on today's show, and we've got an interview with Belinda Granger. Mm-hmm. We've got the Rapster, mm-hmm. and we interviewed Nell Stevenson. Nell Stevenson, the, the lady who we had on about paleo a few weeks ago, but she's also racing. She's a pretty sharp age grouper, so we've got mm-hmm. her on talking about her race and stuff as well. And uh, while we're out there, we went out for dinner, and John. Manolani delivers. It delivers OTT. We Jose had, is the man. Jose, we tip, like John and I are really tight and we don't really necessarily like the idea of tipping. Yeah. It's just foreign to New Zealanders. We tipped Jose OTT because he was phenomenal, wasn't he? he? Was. But not just that, the food. And yeah. it was so romantic. John and I even went for a romantic walk afterwards. I think John wanted to have a romantic walk with me because what happened was we did the dinner, sensational beach, front, beautiful and all the rest of it. And afterwards he goes, oh, let's go in this way. It's, it's, it's pretty <laughs> he tried to hold my hand show, I was going to show him the nice you know, Go around to the canoe house and <laughs> If I was with nice. Joe I would have stopped and had a pash yeah, well, you But better. John when we were at dinner Probably one of the highlights of my I Am Talk career happened It did uh, You know we've met We've met Crowey We've met Chrissy We've met Mac We've met the pros We've done the legends We've, we've met everybody And we're at dinner Having this lovely meal And this little girl who I'm not sure how old she Gerald Maybe 10 Yeah it's hard to tell Yeah I'm not really good at predicting kids ages But this cute little blonde girl Came up and tapped us on the shoulder And she goes Are you the guys from I Am Talk And I was like Yeah But but kind of like a little bit weird Not really sure what's happening here And she goes Oh my god Oh my god And she was like genuinely Like like she was meeting Michael Jackson (laughs) (laughs) She was really really excited to meet us And her name was Paige Paige Heller and her mother is Dawn Elder, and I'm pretty sure it was Dawn. We, yep. didn't meet, we didn't meet the mother. The mother was at Hillary's vegan meal, vegan meal thing. And so the family, and the family was Jess, uh, Devin, and Yo, uh, Joan. Johan. Johan, sorry. Um, they were out there for dinner just while Mum was at this thing with the vegan thing for Hillary Biscay, and uh, and we got to meet the family and uh, and just a really lovely family. And, eh? and apparently they'd all been listening to us in the car. Well, particularly the, the daughter. I think the daughter and her mother would always listen to us in the car. And, and on Facebook, her mother Dawn has said that she's been in the car seat since a baby. She's listened to us, and so and this, this young girl and. Dawn, you're obviously doing a pretty good job as a mother because um, Paige was just a lovely, lovely, seemed really intelligent, seemed mm-hmm. really nice. And uh, there's actually a photo we'll put on our, on our um, website today when we get this show up, but a photo of us and uh, Paige together and just, just... She does a bit of Iron Kids going on. Yeah, and then the boys are talking about they play football, American football. Yeah, lacrosse. Like yeah, lacrosse. And uh, 
just just real lovely family and it was just it was probably that would be the highlight of my trip to be honest just that moment Bugger so race. Paige Paige you made us you made us feel great so thank you very much for that so anyway get along to the Manalani Manalani um, one thing that we noticed about because coming to Kona it is everybody will tell you it is triathlon fever in town yeah it really Getting is anywhere, if you're going anywhere in a car it's a bit of a pain because it does take a while you're running along the street you've got to dodge people it's 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 awesome but at the same time it's well, pretty it's, full it's on what you want to do the first time yeah yeah but if you're a pro and get out of town one thing if you, when you go down to the Manalani you just sort of get out and it's just relaxing it's just nice and chilled out the sea's sort of crashing in it's about, relaxed it? it's not too full on so I um, really recommend it if you're coming over for the race there's maybe a bit of a, a post race chill out it's about um, 30 minutes 30 40 minutes down the Queen K um, and if you're ever coming over the 70.3 it's a great place to stay because the race is right there oh, and, and, uh, and the cool thing about it is if you, if you do want to avoid the hustle and bustle of town before the race you, it's got a 25 metre pool you're right there on the course um, just a cool place and we've got, there's a really nice beach just down the road that, um, for some really long open water swims at Harpuna Beach um, but you can do lots of little stuff in, in the bay as well so okay. it's all good at Manalan yeah check it out so uh, quick other sponsors O2 Creations again we, people want our t-shirts they love in the red t-shirts yeah. Blue 70 Rocks yes um, who else we got John and Jones Sports Travel we talked about them had a breakfast down there again this morning okay. loving it and then we've got um, um, our regular sponsors Athlinks Extreme Endurance Coffees of Hawaii Coffees of Hawaii SLS Tri we had a guy out on the on the boat today wearing his SLS Tri gear and, and Training Peaks and if you want to get on that uh, just this week only if you want to get the free one month trial of the premium version of Training Peaks the code is IMTALK ok so in this today's show we have a few interviews we've got the Repster Mm-hmm. And he was a good little interview. It was good. It was actually, we talked about different stuff with him, didn't we? Mm. It was quite cool. Um, we've got Belinda Granger, mm-hmm. which, which is always great for a bit of talk. We've got Nell. Mm-hmm. We've got a few in between the interviews, so we're going to chuck in a little bit of uh, what, um, you know, some interviews from the boat, Coffees of Hawaii, and just talking to you guys, a few listeners out there, which is just So I'll chuck those in, in before each of the kind of main interviews. And then we're actually. Have, we're going to be releasing this show in a few hours based on where we are right now but we're about to head to the pro media conference so what we're going to do is we're going to chuck the whole media conference as is where it was we'll always put our mic up next to the speaker and record the whole thing and then uh, we'll chuck that at the end of the show so you guys can actually listen to what you know the crowies and and Pete Jacobs and all those guys that, are saying. As Bevan said, often you can't hear the questions, so you'll probably only hear the answers when we get to that part of the show. Um, yeah. But that's the main part. Yeah, so we'll chuck that on now. But um, yeah, lovely meeting the family last night, John. Yes. I, felt, I felt a part of the family. Great. I think we'd probably be invited to Christmas dinner. There we go. There get, we go. get the nice jerseys on and stuff. That's right, we'd be in the, the family photo, photo, you and I. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right, here's the interviews. Yeah, I am going to cut you. Cut ya. So uh, if, you, if you're a long time listener to the show, back in the old days when we when we actually used to do some training, yeah, we uh, you may remember listening to the, the the epic camp episodes, and there were, there was a few kind of characters in the epic camp um, episodes that are uh, Sean and oh, Bruce when he's gone down, and one of those was Brandon Dale Camper. You back, mate? You back in the game? I don't know if I'm back in the game, but I'm here hanging on the boat. <laughs> so what what are you doing for yourself nowadays? Uh, lots of real estate, minimal training. <laughs> Actually, I'm trying to get back into it a little bit. Yeah. How do you find you know like you you know I'm I'm kind of a similar situation to you, stepped away from my man. How do you find that transition away from it into real life in that way? Because you kind of did the full time thing for a while, didn't you? You ask somebody who who went off a of heroin how that felt. That's about how it felt. Yeah, I was not a happy camper for a while, for sure. And so now you're just getting back into training now? Yeah, but it's still you know same issues with the legs. So it's like. A little here, a little there, you know. 
And you guys started bloody epic camp days in our lives, didn't you? Days in our lives. You guys, your little soap opera. I blame epic camp for my leg. <laughs> there was the peak and the full. Exactly, yeah. But, you know, maybe still got some tricks up my sleeve, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So who, who are you supporting here, mate? I've got uh, Grant Bovey, who is racing. He was top amateur at Can Ironman Canada. And... Uh, his girlfriend Kendra, she's not racing, but we're supporting. And then, of course, I mean, so many of the epic people. Scott Jones is racing for the Navy, which is, yeah, which is going to be great. And I don't know. I think there's just, I mean, there's so many people out here. I run into people every day, and I'm like, oh my god, you're racing. When was the last time you were here? 2008. Yeah, it's been a while. I know. It's crazy. Uh, are you uh, inspired to maybe try come along this year? I, I want to do halves. I want to do halves. I'm not. I don't. I don't think I have that. You guys at Epic Camp took every single piece of desire to go long ever again out of my system. Thank you, John Newsom and Bevan James. Yeah, that's a great sales pitch. <laughs> if you want to end, sign up for 2013 Canada. Yes, do it now. <laughs> okay, mate. Hey, it's great seeing you out here, and uh, we'll catch up through the week. Awesome. Right, we're kicking back. Bevan's uh, had got his first experience with the Manolani. Um, and it's the water bad. seems to taste good here, John. Water tastes good. Because that's what we're you're taking out of it. You're right. Walking in the water, it like oh no, oh, yeah. fruit in and the, the water. At the reception oh. area when you first walk in. class. Yeah. Tell you. And we've got with us uh, Jordan Rapp. Welcome along to the show, Jordan. Thanks very much for having me. He's, well, he's back, back on the show. It's the first time I met in person. That's the funny thing about these worlds we kind of connect in is that you kind of get to know people, but you don't. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah, you never pick them out in a crowded restaurant. No, unless they were talking loud enough that you could hear them. Yeah, you recognise a voice. You know? And the other thing as well is for for pros in our in our sport is that. Like I mentioned for the ITU guys, they get to know each other quite well because they see each other so much. Whereas you guys race against each other maybe once a year, maybe twice a year. You know, those relationships you build with other competitors probably aren't strong or, or are they? It's a mix. I think, you know, you have a better relationship with those athletes that you, for whatever reason, end up seeing more often. But I would expect most of the guys you see sort of uh, twice a year, probably one half Ironman and then, you know, at, at one Ironman, you know, something like that. You're, 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 it's um, for a lot of Ironman athletes. You know, they um, they come to Kona and they uh, they, they, do, they come early in their, their triathlon career and they often crumble or they do well, whatever. But but for you, you, you in terms of you coming to Kona, you've you've sort of you seem to have held off and held off and held off. And um, I've either heard you talking or we may have asked you once before, is why aren't you going to Kona? And, and you wanted to, I think, wait until you thought you could do pretty well here. So what, what sort of got you over the line to say, right, nah, this is the year I'm, I'm doing Kona, or did you decide quite some time ago? No, I, I mean, at the beginning of the year, I planned not to do the race, uh, had a schedule, and then it was sort of a bunch of dominoes fell. So a race I was planning to do, that Leadman uh, yeah, that was yeah. supposed to be the long race in Las Vegas, but yeah. then they moved that up and then they shortened it. So. I thought, well, I want to do a long race early in the year, just like I did last year. I thought it was a good fitness builder and all that. And so I thought, well, I'll have that weekend free, so then I'll do Ironman Texas instead. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't originally going to do Texas. And then so I went and did Texas, and then I ran. I finally sort of – I thought I had a – I thought I had a like a solid run, like a 248, 247 in me, and I, I ran 246.55 at Texas. And I thought, nice. okay, this is the sort of run. I think in order to do well at Kona, you need to have like a, a strong swim or you need to have a strong run like to rely on, right? Because you either can make it out in the swim and sort of you get whisked along, I think, and then you run well enough, or you swim okay and then you bike strong and then you run your way into the race. And so I felt like I had the bike part sort of that you needed, but I 
I didn't feel like I had, I just thought like my swim was okay and my run was okay, but neither one was sort of like something that I could rely on to get in the top 10. And I think like, why are you going to come if you're not going to get in the top 10? Then it's like, you're paying a lot of money. You're not going to make any money, right? Like yeah. you don't pay 11th is a great result, but you don't, you know, you don't get paid at all. So I really wanted to feel like if I came and I had a good race, I would be sort of six, seven, eighth. So if I have maybe like not the best race, then I could maybe be like ninth, tenth. I have a great race, you know, sort of fourth or fifth, something like that. And I think, you know, now I think I have that run where I feel like, you know, I ran really well in Vegas at the long distance worlds, you know, 149.30 on that hilly course for 30K. And then the Texas race, I think, was that same speed sort of marathon. So I thought, okay, yeah, you know, I can come. I think I can be in that sort of in the mix. You know, I can get a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> That's important. And, and it's already been pointed out, you're, you're one of the really professional athletes out there in terms of treating yourself um, as a professional. And, uh, you know, you've, you've come in here and you're staying in Manolani and you've got the Manolani T-shirt and you've got your, your S-Works bike there. And, and uh, it is a business, isn't Zoot, it? Zoot even on the bike, look at that. Yes. And I've seen your, your, your fancy tri-suit, fancy tri-suit on your website that you're using on Saturday. You're going for a little bit of a black, black and white combo. Yeah, a little bit of a homage to, to Peter Rita. I, like, they did a Zoot, like, I always race normally in all black with just a, a white back, you know, mm. so that you're bent over in the arrow bars, you know, you have some white on there. But other than that, I like the, I like the all black, you know, I think. It's cool. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's sort of, at first it was just sort of coincidence, like it was what a suit, you know, I was like, okay, fine. You know, I, I never really thought about it a whole lot. Until then, like, I had to switch, and I was like, oh, I like that black suit better. <laughs> I liked the way that, like, I felt in the black suit, you know, sort of like. So was that that fuel thing? Was that purely just because I feel good about myself when I'm in this outfit? Yeah, there was a lot of that. Yeah. And so then, like, and so, like they, we did some designs that were, like, lighter colors and all the stuff that you expect from Hawaii. And I was like, I was like, they look good, but, like, I thought they looked good for s- someone else to yeah. wear. I was like, if I saw someone else wearing that, I would think that looks good. But, like. <laughs> I thought I thought like, but I don't know that I want to wear that. And so I wrote to Peter um, Reed and I said like, you know, because Peter always wore dark kits, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, uh, the all black kit pretty much yeah. in 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he had the last time he won was in like a red and black kit that was, you know, it was dark. And then I remember 2005, he had that sort of gray kit. And like, so I wrote to him and, he, and so the first thing he goes, I hated that gray kit. <laughs> like that was the first thing he said in the email. He's like, he's like, I didn't, he's like, I, I listened to everyone else who said you need to wear a lighter kit. And he's like, I never felt like myself. And he's like, I think I showed in my race. You know, of course, for yeah. Peter, that means he came third, right? But, yeah. Um, he's like, I liked in 2004 when Norman won, you know, that sort of that great race. But Peter said, you know, I looked around at everybody else and like, they're sort of in these light colors. I was standing there in black. And he was like, yeah, I like that. Uh-huh. You know, and I think he really sort of, like he put into words what I sort of had as a feeling that I was like, I'm making this decision off. Everyone's like, oh, you got to do this and you got to do that. And I was like, but it's not like who I am. And he's like, you know, yeah, fine. Maybe it's a little bit hotter. Maybe it's not. You know, it's like how do you really measure that? You know, you're gonna like mm. stick the thing up your bum or whatever. Yeah. Like, but, <laughs> but like, I think what he said is that you have to, you have to, you have to do something that gives you confidence because that's worth more than any sort of oh, I'm, you know, a half a degree cooler, right? Mm. It's like what, if it's better for your brain, that's important. Well, you know, you, you talk, we've never really talked about this stuff with athletes before, and it really opens up a different kind of conversation. You know, what are the things that give us confidence that aren't so obvious? You know, like we, we're going to do hours and hours of training. You're going to make sure you've got the best gear. You're going to, you know, all that kind of stuff. Are there other things that you you kind of know you do that kind of just give you that edge with within yourself? I like having the black bike. Really? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I like that. Um, it's I like your weapon of choice. Uh, yeah, like I like a black bike. I think it's the same thing. It's a little bit like the black race suit. Like people, it's like, you know, that sort of like is dark, right? People take a little bit of notice of it. You know, or uh, when I race with the sunglasses, I like the, 
the Oakleys, the, the jawbones that really like cover your whole eye. Like there's no way, like even like, you know, it's they really wrap around, and I feel like you can sort of hide a little bit behind those lenses, you know, that like because you're always, I mean, you're always going to be suffering at some point. I feel like you can sort of you can keep the world from knowing when you're going through a really bad patch, mm-hmm. you know, with sunglasses. Whereas some of the other ones where people can sort of like they can see behind them and sort of see your eyes, like. You know, it's like maybe they get a little bit of insight into when you are really struggling. So that's another thing I think mm. that gives me, you know, and I like uh, a lot of it is I think the stuff that I don't that I don't use. You know, like I think like I think you look at somebody like like Maca or Crowey, and it's like it's so simple, right? It's just like a visor and some glasses, right? Like they don't have the sleeves, they don't have compression stuff, right? It's you know, like I mean, they they both start I guess with a fuel belt, which I which I don't. Uh, you know, I might maybe some point in the future you feel like okay in Hawaii you want to use that like I only normally race with one bottle cage but I've got two here just because it seems like you roll through an aid station there'd be a lot of other guys sometimes it's nice to just be able to like, okay I'll take a pass here mm-hmm. but I think there's a like the more stuff that you feel like you need to have like what happens if like you know you, you're taking time to put that on and so I, I look at all those guys at one like I mean a guy like Peter you know who, who didn't race with a fuel belt I think it's like you look at that just Peter's like visor and sunglasses, you know, or I mean, Norman is very similar, right? It's like, it's so simple. I think, you know, I think that the simpler you can be, like the, I think there's a lot to, to be confidence to be drawn from that thinking like, you know, I don't need like all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. You, you, you talked a bit about, um, well, you're, you're, new, you're a newbie here and, and when you were just discussing before the, we started the interview was, um, you know, just talking about the, the bike ride, you, you know, you didn't even know necessarily exactly what sort of profile it was and even even, and, the, even the course <laughs> <laughs> but um okay I, I guess the swim you also mentioned there the swim um is that a, a concern for you you know um given the if you don't make that pack i know you've got a really strong ride but is that a, is, is a swim an area where you've really focused on and thought i've, I've got to make that pack or, or uh not in the i focus on the swim but not in the sense of i gotta make the pack you know i think I think a lot of 90% I have said of like Ironman doing well Ironman is not beating yourself and then the last 10% is trying to beat the other guys to for a placing mm-hmm. you know but I think you know you can you can do extremely well in this race without if you just don't beat yourself I mean I think like you know you look at that year that Maka came fourth you know and I mean he faded to 13th mm. but then he sort of just got his head around and I mean finished fourth I mean for a lot of guys it's like wow fourth mm. is an incredible result so, John Tunfenov. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I think that this whole idea of like, what do you need to do to beat everyone else? It's like, I think you got to be careful with that because you can really beat yourself. Like, you know, people are like, oh, what's your strategy for Conan? I'm like, I don't have a strategy for this race. You know, like, I've done 10 other Ironmans, I've won five of them. I'm going to do what I did at all those races until I realize it doesn't work here, right? Like, until someone can show me you can't do well racing that way i'm gonna do what i know works right so yeah i mean you always want to have a good swim because i think that sets you up well and certainly the swim here is the thing that i'm most nervous about in terms of you know it's an ocean swim it's rough you know and you don't really have like it's just that straight out and back so you know it's kind of like you can lose a lot of time in a swim like that so i certainly you know i don't want to you know give up say six or eight minutes in the water right but you know um i feel like i should be able to swim two to three minutes off the leaders. And mm-hmm. I think if I can do that, you know, if I get out and I sort of get it into my pace and I see the pack is right there and I make it, then that's fine. But if I'm sort of like getting in, you know, Timo Brock is, I think, a great guy. Timo almost always misses misses the pack, quote unquote. Mm. You know, you know like rides, you know, finishes fifth, you know, mm. I think fifth, fifth and sixth the past three years, right? Because Timo is just like, he knows mm. that he can, you know, ride 
basically 430, give or take, mm -hmm. you know, and run 248, 249, give or take. And so he knows that's going to get him in a good position. And, like, I think, you know, that's, that's really the approach that I'm taking. You know, you've had a bloody awesome career up to this point. But, you know, one of the downfalls of Ironman is that you don't really get those opportunities. I suppose Texas, but, you know, over a period of time, you don't really get those days where everyone's here. And this is probably your first, you know, it is your first race here. How does it, is it you know, you seem to be the type of athlete who just focuses on themselves. But is there somewhere in your mind that whole, this is a different game? Um, I think you always want to be flexible to, you know, because I think there's certainly the big difference is that, you know, it, there's not like sort of that two distinct packs, right? Like in Texas, it's like you had like those five or six guys that were up front, and then I think it was like five minutes to the next group. You know, here, it's sort of like there's, okay, there's the guys that are basically the sort of sub-50 minute swimmers, and then, you know, I think if maybe there was another pack, say at like two and a half minutes, I could have easily made that pack in Texas, but that there just wasn't, there wasn't enough athletes to mm. make that pack. But here, right, it's like you got like Andy Potts is 46, and then you got like Pete Jacobs and Dirk Bockler at like 46 and a half, and then you got a 47 minute swimmer, and then you got a whole bunch of like say 47 and a half, and a bunch of 48s, and a bunch of 49s, and a bunch of 50s, right? And so it's, you, I, I think, you know, you really, you can take advantage of that in the same way that it doesn't pack up so early, right? Like, I think it, you see that a lot when you watch the coverage, it's this really long line for a really long time, you know? And so I think you always, like, that's different, whereas in sort of, you know, 800 meters into a regular swim, it's kind of like, well, where I am now is where I'm going to come out of the water. So I just sort of settle in. But I think for here, here you, sh you I'll probably be on the pace a bit more so that when it does finally kind of break up, you know, which seems to, from the TV coverage to be about halfway, that you know, then you're going to be in the best position, which is, mm. you know, so you figure you're going to swim hard for probably twice as long, you know, or maybe even three times as long as you would in, say, like a normal Ironman where it really, like, 800 meters in, it's basically decided. Mm. Mm. What, what about, um, I've got to ask you about, you. when I met Jordan out by the pool, uh, you had a little 15-month-old running around. Has that changed things much for you in terms of your, your training? Or is, uh, I mean, it's, it certainly changes your outlook on life, I'd imagine. Um, well, I know, but, but in terms of training has it changed much no there must be somebody else I don't I, I think uh, it, maybe not like in in terms of training volume and stuff like that like no I mean I was never the guy who did the the 40 hour weeks right I mean I'm not mm. uh, you know 24 to 26 hours a week is, is pretty typical for me right I think that's I think that's typical maybe for a lot of guys certainly there's some of those guys that are sort of you know that do the 30 plus regularly but that's never that that, that wasn't me before so I think you know that might have been hard to sort of if I was a guy that was always gone for those sort of like you know eight hour rides or something like that I might have mm -hmm. had to change but you know I think uh, when you think about sort of what that works out to I mean I mean a typical training day for me is kind of four hours and it's like mm -hmm. that's a lot of time to still be able to be home and help out and stuff like that and mm -hmm. so uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't that much of a change, and of course, you know, like I have a, a wife that did this for a long time at a really high level, and so she knows what it takes, and so she's she's really, I think, the one that, that sort of steers the ship and keeps everything together, and has has you know made sure that like I still be able to do the training I need to you know get out there and do well at the races, and you know um, be a good parent. I'm really looking forward to seeing how you go, but 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 also you, you obviously work with slow twitch as well, and and, and I saw up there you, you're doing your bicycle relief thing again. So can you maybe just tell us a little bit about slow twitch and and, and how that sort of works with the bicycle relief gig? Yeah, so this uh, the first time I did an interview with you all was 2009, which is the first year that I ever did the fundraiser yeah. for World Bicycle yeah, Relief, yeah, yeah. and so this is now the fourth year, done every year. Um, this year it's sort of with uh, you know with Kona. The past three years it was with Ironman Arizona. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's really the same. I mean, it's that same group, uh, SRAM's charity arm, 
own uh, World Bicycle Relief send bikes to Africa. Um, it started after the tsunami in Thailand. And then, you know, that was sort of a temporary, right? Like the roads were sort of destroyed, but Thailand has a lot of good infrastructure. And so mm. then like, they were like, okay, well, we sort of helped out here, but like, what's an ongoing need? And so that was Africa. And so I got hooked up with them and it's really, I mean, it's a, it's a real highlight of my year every year to sort of, you know, do this big fundraiser and every year mm. try and raise more money. And so we did the uh, past three years in total, a hundred thousand dollars. And then this year shooting for $50,000, wow. Uh, a little bit over 50000 because like like it to be an even it's $134 a bike so I think it's 375 bikes which is like $50,200 or something like that yeah. cool. but, um, it's been nice and the Ironman Foundation actually sort of just you know I think a, a, like a lot of things you know you introduce people to people who then become you know good friends and then now you know Ironman has really stepped up their charity stuff now they're doing with the, they have the Ironman Foundation which replaced you know when they did the partnership with Janus now it's their own thing and they have this guy who came with a long history of uh, nonprofit work, and he's really like, I mean, done an amazing job, and and so then they're partnering with World Bicycle Relief for like sort of the long haul, and so it, it's really been nice to see, you know, it sort of, when it first started, it was like kind of this is this charity that I'm involved in, and then the charity has grown, and it's just every, I mean, to be to have been a small part of that, it's been it's it's awesome, and I think you know to see you know, to help push it with Ironman and now like there's sort of other cyclists getting involved and now Marinda's involved as a triathlete and McKeeley. And so it really seems like the triathlon community has really, you know, taken hold of it. And so it's been every year it gets easier to raise money, which is nice too. So uh, it's just a, it's just a nice way to give back. I think after, you know, when I won in Canada, I thought, what is it that's going to keep me going? Like, okay, I want to win two Ironmans and then I want to win three. Like that kind of gets old pretty fast. I think, you know, like to always just be like, yes, I crossed the finish line first. I'm awesome. Right. Like celebrating yourself. So it was a way for me to sort of do something more than myself and I think it just sort of becomes something I do now you know you, you, you're very um, you're, you're a great outspoken person you know you're, you're someone who kind of doesn't hold your thoughts in and, and, and in our sport we do get a little bit of you know guys who hold thoughts in because they're I don't know what they're afraid of but they, they, you know they, and, and so I suppose for someone who is, you know does say what you think what do you think the state of the sport's in right, like, right now and uh, what's it like being a pro right now and where can you see some improvements uh, I think this was an interesting year as a pro athlete. Like you had Ironman New York, which came and then now is obviously as a one and done. Um, and then you had some of the stuff sort of with Lance coming in and that being a big deal. And then obviously the sort of the fallout from that. Um, and I think it, I think you could see that the sport now is maybe struggling to sort of be like, okay, we want to break through the next level. Like some people said, like, what do you think about Ironman New York being a one and done? And I said, I think, you know, I think it's, that's really too bad. You know, I said, I hope that's not sort of the end of the idea of a big city Ironman, because I think, you know, Ironman New York could have then led to say Ironman London, Ironman, you know, you know, Shanghai, Ironman Beijing, you know, Ironman Tokyo, or, you know, this idea of maybe, you know, we don't need to put a race like in the middle of, of nowhere. Like, I mean, I love Ironman Canada, but, you know, a town of 30,000 people is always going to be, you know, limited, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you look at, like, I think, sort of the big cities that Ironman is, like, Tempe, right? And it's, like, there people are like, are you in town for the football game? Like, it's, it's yeah. you know, even there. And, I mean, in Tempe is not a big city, right? I mean, so I think uh, that was sort of a little bit of, like, you know, feeling the water of, okay, how do we, you know, grow this to be sort of, like, Olympic distances, right? Like, I mean, Ironman Los Angeles, Ironman Chicago, the way we have, you know, the Chicago Triathlon, LA Triathlon. And I think, you know, maybe New York was sort of a sign that, okay, we're not quite there yet. I think, you know, it was clear that the race was going to need to be more expensive. You know, at, I think you know, it was 900, and then they were talking about raising to 1200, I think probably in order to do it right, it probably would need to be like, 
you know, three thousand yeah. dollars. You know, I think there. I mean, maybe at some point there's a market there, but like I think it's, it's got to be a big deal. Like I, I was talking to Ferris, and he said, yeah, you know, he says you probably you charge five grand if you finish in Times Square, but you got to be finishing in Times Square, right? So mm. I think that's that's sort of that next thing is like how do we sort of make it really big? And I think. You know, there was obviously some movement in that direction, some things which sort of fell apart for sort of outside reasons, and then some things like New York where it was like, okay, maybe we're just not quite at, at that level. But I think it, you know, it's nice to be a pro now. I mean, Andrew Messick coming in from AEG, you know, with Tour of California, which was really, you know, a pro. I mean, bike racing is about the pros, mm-hmm. and so I think, you know, he sort of gets that, you know, everybody can win if pros are a bigger part of the sport, you know, and now, I mean, the new sponsor of the race here, MyList, you know, they sponsored a bunch of us pros, uh, myself, Andy Potts, Craig Alexander, the guy, uh, the CEO of the company, uh, Rob White, he does Ironman. Mm. So, you, I mean, you compare that to something like Ford, where Chris Lieto was sort of sponsored by Ford, I think, for like a year. And it was like, but overall, it was sort of a weird, like, sponsorship, mm. whereas, you know, MyList has really, I think, like, they've really embraced it. And so I think that sort of thing is like, yeah, that's great. That's moving us forward. You know, they have this this vision of, you know, we're starting this thing, this new application, you know, we're gonna, you know, jump ahead on Facebook and all that, and and we're gonna use pros to help do it. You know, Ford was never like, okay, how can we use Ford pros to sell more cars? So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's really, I think that's really super. I mean, it's definitely, I think it's, we're sort of at that tipping point, you know, and there are some forces trying to sort of tip it over the edge, and then I think there's some pushback going the other way that sort of is trying to tip it back to being sort of, I think, a niche sport and, you know, it's sort of you know you do what you can to sort of try and push it in the yeah. right direction and you know and then you hope that uh, for the best with some of the other stuff there's certainly going to be a lot of luck involved but you know I think that on balance I think this year will be as like a lot of years as a step in the right direction a new title sponsor that has done a lot to push the sport forward and and done some different stuff and then obviously some steps in you know backwards like with New York being a one and done. Mm-hmm. Well. It's going to be a fascinating race of the weekend. Looking forward to seeing how you go. We'll look for the, the black and white zoot suit, the black bike. What colour's your aero helmet? Black. Black aero helmet? No, I see. He's committed. You're like Batman. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's the Batman. It's got a ring to it. Awesome. Okay, now, brilliant. Thank you very much for your time. You go look after your 15-month-old and make sure he doesn't fall in the pool too much. I know what it's like. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a swimmer. We got him started, I think, the swim classes at eight months. So he's, you yeah. know, he's, loves he loves the water now. Yeah. Wow, sweet. And I'm Penticton all summer, you know, like going in the beach. So great. I mean, we're not there where it's like, okay, you go swim, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. It gets like that later. Awesome. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks for Thank time, you. Man. We're often not too good at saying names, let's be honest about this, John. So let's not even try this one. Yeah, so what's your name again? Julia Nikolopoulos. I guarantee we got that one wrong. Age group of the week several weeks ago. I think memory because you won one of the uh, the Norseman races. If I... Yeah, correct. So are you racing this weekend? Nope. I am supporting my husband. Oh, great. Husband's yes. racing. Yes. And you're feeling good, mate? Your name? Uh, Alexander Nikolopoulos. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's the goal for the weekend? Excuse me? What's the goal? Oh, faster than the last time. That's a good answer. Where, where are you guys from then? That sounds sort of uh, Greek, is it maybe? Or what, what, where is, what's your name? The name is Greek, but we live in Germany. My father came from Greece. Come culture. And so you guys have been here before? Yes. Uh, I raced five times. This is my fifth time here. And she raced uh, two times here. So. And, uh, looking forward to the pro race this weekend? Um, I hope Maka will make it. And on the lady's side, I have no opinion. Seriously, I'm sorry. <laughs> she doesn't care about the chicks. Uh, who cares about hey, well, great seeing you guys here and have a great weekend. Thank you. We've got someone else over here. Your name, mate? Sean Durdis. Sean Durdis. Yep. 
donated to the show this week. Wait. Did you recently donate to the show? Yeah. And I've been listening to you since show number one. Really? I came just to see you guys. Oh, he's got all the right answers. Hey, so you're having a good time? This is your first time here? Yep. And what do you think of the experience when you come along for this first time? Um, it's pretty amazing. It's just a big party everywhere. Are you looking forward to race day? Yeah, yeah. For race day for a spectator, how do you kind of plan your day so you can get the most out of it? I don't know. I was looking for advice. <laughs> where to be and when to be where. Yeah. We're the experts on that. We'll fill you in. We'll give you some inside word after this. And uh, so what's the plan for the next few days then? Um, I want to go have breakfast with Bob tomorrow, I think. And um, I don't know, just hang out and check out the... The expo and and see if I can see any uh, professional athletes. Are um where are you based? Bend, Oregon. Yeah. Oh, Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. The, uh, the said to say that you guys need to step it up. Oh, Jeff, I wish the love. <laughs> Give Jeff a hard time they from had us. They the um the lead man there the couple of weeks ago, didn't they? How's that? I didn't go watch it. I was doing cyclocross races that day. Oh, you were watching this race. That's right. <laughs> awesome. We'll see you, see you on uh, on race day. Yeah, bring it on, mate. Good seeing you, mate. I didn't really think I was going to, so... And, uh, have you brought your family over? Or have you got supporters? Huge entourage here. I have, uh, I think, 11 people besides me. So it's 12 people all together, all of us, so... And, and how are they finding it? You know, because, you know, for you, this is this kind of challenging experience you've been growing towards for a long period of time. And for them, it's just a holiday. But are they still... Are they enjoying the experience around being around this kind of strange group of people yeah well the condo we have is pretty far from here so um there's they spent a little bit of time here in kona but the majority i mean they're out visiting the volcano right now or something so they're they're vacationing while i do this kind of stuff and then just watch you on race day you know, watch us on race day and then then that's it and what's the goal just to, just to have a good day yeah i haven't honestly i haven't done much training in between so uh whatever fitness i have will carry me through just to finish i mean i just want to learn about it and experience it I want to enjoy it. I want to finish smiling. So, good luck on that smile. That's probably the biggest challenge of all, isn't it? If you see us out there on race day, come along, get, get, have a little chat, and we'll, we'll do some live commentary on the day. Yeah, I'll just be. Uh, I'm going to be racing in this kit, so look out for me. Yes, yeah, let's try. Let's there you go. Love you. Hey, good luck, mate. Thanks. And away we go. Right, we're very happy to have back on the show. Goodness, it's only been a couple of weeks, I think. That's probably the fastest turnaround we've ever had. Yes. Yeah, you should take honour in that. Yeah. Thank you. And Al Stevenson here, the, the paleo. Paleo, how do you say Paleo Easter. Paleo Easter. And uh, she, she was on the show. I interviewed her a little while ago. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't away of these. But then we only inserted it in the show a few, few weeks ago. Mm. Um, but I was really keen. We were really keen. Obviously, we talked to lots of pros this week, and uh, they're all kicking butt, and, and, and it's a race within a race. Um, but obviously, we want to find out the, the secrets of um, some of the top age groupers, and Nell certainly fits into that bracket. So um, welcome back on the show. And uh, how many times has current this... How many times have you been to Kona now? This will be my sixth world championship. Yeah. And so it's, um, it's, it never gets to the point, though, where it feels old. It's always an honor to race here. And mm. it's, the energy here is amazing. Mm. What, what have you learned in those six, six times here? Yeah, what, what, are the, what are the key? Or Let's or maybe, start with the small questions. What have you learned? <laughs> just the, the key, or, or have you had any disasters where you go, holy crap, oh man, you know, it's often when you look back, you, you learn a lot. So what, what are yeah. some of the key things? Well, 
Oh, I think you learn from every race you do. I think mm -hmm. as far as disaster, the, the first time I raced here, I had a flat tire and I was mm -hmm. just beside myself in just <laughs> absolute agony. And I, I remember I finished the race and I was just bawling. And I, I said to my husband, I know exactly how Norman Stadler must have felt. And he's like, really? <laughs> um, he's professional and his career was riding on. I'm like, yeah, I know, but I, I just know exactly how he felt when he flatted. And he's like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think it's just... I mean, every year that you race here, it's pushing yourself harder and trying to maximize your performance and beating your own PR. And mm. um, I just always want to improve my performance and go harder, go deeper, go faster, and, and mm. try to excel each year upon year. So, so, so you, you know, you've done this your six. So, you, let's say last year you came here. What were the couple of things you're looking to improve on for this year? Well, last year, for example, I missed the podium for fi by 57 seconds. Oh, gosh. And so it was, uh, yeah, exactly. So I feel like somewhere in the whole course of the day, I could find a minute. So I'd love to be on the podium. Mm -hmm. um, I've been working a lot with my swimming, and I'm hoping that it definitely hasn't been my strong suit in the past, but I'm hoping it'll be at least better so I'm not sort of as middle of the pack when I get out of the water. Mm -hmm. um, and just really focusing on being, um, being more aggressive on the bike. Um, mm -hmm. I'm just really looking forward to a great day. Um, in terms of your, your, your training and stuff, you know, everybody always loves to hear what, what um, the top guys are doing and, and, and what it takes to get to Kona. So, you know, for you, I mean, what sort of hours are we looking at per week and, 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 and what do you think makes the biggest difference for you with, with your training? What are your, your, key, your key sessions? Well, each week is a little bit different. I don't have... Um it's everything's different based on what the next race is and what am I training for and what am I recovering from. So I would say on average probably 15 to 20 hours a week-ish. Mm -hmm. um, and the key general format, is, it varies from week to week, but it's always the longer stuff on the weekends. Usually mm -hmm. um, Saturday will be master swimming and then a, a bike ride. And then sometimes um, Saturday will usually, or sometimes a brick run. Sunday will usually be a longer run and maybe a bike recovery spin. Mm -hmm. And then Mondays tend to be easier, maybe just to swim. And then the rest of the days might be one a day or two a day, but they tend to be shorter but more intensity. Generally yeah. speaking, that's what I do. Yeah. And and how do you fit it in with with, with life and work? Like, yeah, you know, work-life balance. Because for pros, you know, they, they that's yeah, all they job. Have. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And we just have Jordan Luck on, and he was saying oh, Jordan, Jordan Luck. Luck. <laughs> <laughs> He's a New Zealand singer. Joke. <laughs> we had Repster on, and uh, and you know, he was saying John was asking the training question. He said, "Well, I only train four hours a day. You know, yeah. I go home and I can look after the family." And you know, whereas for the age grouper, and, and often age groupers work a lot harder than what. Mm. Yeah, not necessarily harder as intensity, but as yeah. in making it fit into a life. It's it's more challenging for an age group. You know, how do you make that balance, and do you do that very well? I think I do a good job of balancing, and I think one thing I've integrated more recently this year is um, more time and rest and recovery, and just being able to acknowledge that and having to take some time off. Actually, had an injury last um, about almost a year. A year and a half ago, I, I pulled a hamstring. So it kind of forces you into this thing where you can't run for a little bit and you have to do something else. But it, it changes your perspective. And it kind of goes from I have to do X amount of hours no matter what, and I'm just going to muscle my way through it to the point where if you have something that's actually torn or injured, you have to back away and realize you have to recover and just have the faith that you're not going to lose what you're doing because you're still keeping your cardiovascular up through the other things. Mm -hmm. um, so I think just really making sure that everything's balanced. And I um, I love my job, and I love writing, and I love being able to work with people and so I want to keep that balance too. Mm -hmm. So it's I think because it's important and I have the the nice opportunity of having a job that I actually like mm -hmm. makes it a lot easier than um, some friends that I know that have to fit their training run around jobs that they don't necessarily mm -hmm. like. So I think just the fact that I get energy from what my, my job is, I think that helps a lot with kind of keeping everything in balance. 
Um, you know, the common thing that you seem to get, and this is not just from age group, is that you know we mainly talk to pros over the last few days. But the lesson that everyone seems to eventually get to is that I don't need to put so much pressure on myself. I don't need to do so much. You, how do you think? the message can get out more to the newer athlete because it seems to be a lesson that takes us all a while to learn and yeah. you, know, it, you know we've been in the game for a while you know John and I have done sport for a long time and you've done sport for a long time and, and the pros we've talked to over the last few days have all kind of come back to this oh you know I got to this point something happened I got injured and, yeah. you know, and I figured out you didn't whereas why is it that for the message isn't getting across to our age groupers out there our newer people that actually maybe it's a better place to start from I don't know. It's, I mean, for it's me... It's a tricky question. I know. Yeah. She, she looks wise. That's why, that's why I was going to check for that. I feel like for myself, I'm quite stubborn and impatient with myself. So it was kind of a frustration. Like if I'd have something a little tweaky or twingy, I'd kind of not allow that to stop me from doing a workout. Kind of like, well, oh yeah, well, I'm just going to run anyway. Um, so I think you kind of have to be put in your place to a degree and then realize once you go through something like that and granted I'm, I only had a minor injury so it wasn't that big of a deal but um, just realizing that you can get through it and then come back stronger and then you do a race that maybe you haven't trained as many hours for but you've done more quality maybe for some people that happens to be the better formula and it's different for everybody I mean I, there's certainly many athletes who can just pound the volume away and they have great performances so I think everybody's kind of different and you kind of it's I mean it's a lifelong experiment you have to keep seeing what works for you personally and what doesn't work for you um, and that goes into you know what you're eating and training on too mm. so I think it's just practice and trial and error See, wise answer. See that? She came back and smacked us in the face. <laughs> I mean, we love, love, love coming to Kona, and um, we, we, off, we ask the pros a lot of the time, um, you know, what could, what could WTC be doing better to look after your pros? Um, you know, where, where do you sort of feel the state of the sport is? You must cringe, and this is a criticism we've had of this particular race. Fantastic, well-organised, brilliant. Everything's going well. You cross the finish line, and then it's like a disaster. It's Domino's like, pizza. pizza. You must cringe when you look at the nutrition that's available after this race, and you yeah. go, it's pizza and, and ice cream. I think, generally speaking, even if somebody isn't paleo, just um, the concept of I'm an athlete, therefore I can eat whatever I want, and what I want to eat is junk, and I can sort of quote get away with it mm. to the degree that yeah, if you're training 20 hours a week, you can get away with eating McDonald's and junk and all kinds of things that people eat in the sense that you might not get fat, you might not gain weight, but you're still not doing a favor to your body by what you're putting in it. And I think when you're putting the demands of Ironman on your body to offend it that way with putting that sort of thing, and it's just, it's kind of a, I don't know, it, make, it makes me wonder when you think of somebody that performs at a top level and has a really high um, performance level and then they eat that, you have to wonder well, what if they were eating real fuel and real mm. food and nourishing their body, probably mm. have a, a, an even better performance. But I think, you know, it would be, you know, sort of a pipe dream to say I wish it was a paleo finish line. I know that's uh, yeah. a long time in the, in the works, but at least if they could have some healthier options, like yeah. not all pizza and ice cream, like why not just have some local fruit? I mean, yeah. come on, bananas, papayas, mangoes, they're in abundance here and they're beautiful and that's a great thing to have after mm. you're done racing. At least have it as an option. Yeah. You know, not sort of like you can come across the finish line and there's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to listen to your interview that you did previously, so I might ask a question that's already been asked. But one of the things that, you know, the paleo, it seems to be becoming a big influence right now. But one of the things that I... Um, it's, it's an expensive way to eat. Or, or is it? And that's the perception that I seem to be getting. And so what are some solutions around that? It is definitely... I mean, no doubt about it. It is cheaper to eat an unhealthy diet, mm. for sure. A paleo even in comparison to other healthier diets? Not necessarily. And that's the thing that I always like to clarify with people. It doesn't mm. have to be an all-or-nothing approach. I mean, certainly you can 
spend a lot of money, but you don't have to. I've worked with students on a very fixed budget. I've worked with people that have, you know, family of four to feed on a limited income. So it's just a matter of learning what can you, how do you work your budget around it? So yeah, it would be lovely to have filet mignon every night, but it doesn't have to be. It can be grass-fed flank steak or grass-fed um, skirt, which is about a quarter of the price. And then what's on sale? What's on special? Maybe you were planning on cooking wild salmon, but you go to the market and you see that the butcher has halibut. So being flexible, buying in bulk when it's handy, putting it in the freezer, preparing stuff, um, you know, more multiple meals at once. And I, I mean, I, I'm fortunate to be able to shop at Whole Foods pretty regularly as well as the local farmer's market. And I've costed it out for um, myself and my husband what I spend per meal. It, it came to $7.17 um, per meal. Mm. So that's not that expensive um, if, when you think about, oh, it's exorbitant. But I mean, if you go out and have a nice meal, it's going to be far mm. beyond that. Mm. So it's, um, it can be expensive, but it doesn't have to be. And just learning how to budget it in and you know, which foods have to be organic, which foods can you get away with eating um, that are sourced from a conventional grower. And just really being creative with this protein with that, with that type of fat and that type of veg and, and being flexible with your menu. You can make it work on uh, even a, a very limited budget. Mm. Cool. Um, give yourself a plug in terms of, you know, you've got your, your book out, um, you've got your website where people can, can contact you. So, so give us a plug of, of where they can find all that stuff. Yes, paleoista.com. It's like the word paleo and fashionista. Nice. dot com. Say that fast. Paleoista. <laughs> it's uh, ba- basically the message is paleo for anybody that wants to try it in a modern way without being a caveman. Yeah. yeah um, nice. Twitter handle is at Nell Stevenson, Facebook slash Paleoista. Well, what's the goal? Like, obviously, it's a podium, but what, what kind of time do you think it will take? Uh, well, I, I like it's so variable, I know, but. It is. I mean, you know, take away the wind factor and that type of thing. I'd like to, to have a PR. Last year, my PR was 1017, so I'd like to PR. I'd like to be on the podium. Uh, I, you know, most importantly, I just want to finish the day knowing I gave it everything and mm. not, not have that feeling of, oh, I could have done that, I should have done that. It's like the Equathon challenge with me this morning. Crushed him. Yeah, he Crushed him. him. <laughs> I gave up. I was weak. I was weak. <laughs> awesome. It was great to have you on the show again. We love getting some um, age group perspective and... Uh, yeah, good luck. We got Thank our tickets yeah. for the uh, the awards dinner, so we're looking forward to sitting there and going, go now, when you yeah. get up on the stage. Yeah, sounds, like, sounds like a plan. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Thanks hey, for your awesome. time. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much. For so-, so if you go on Facebook, there's a photo of me, which I'm not too happy about. I'm wearing my red Kelvin Klein undies. Which, Pla- playing with your willy. Which, well, I, wasn't, I, was, I was protecting my willy, John. I wasn't playing with it. And uh, the you reason keep is, believing that. Listen, listen, we've got young listeners now, John. We know this for a fact. So, um, how you going? Pretty good, thanks. I'm really happy to be out here. It's just an amazing place to be. The atmosphere is incredible. I'm so happy. Yeah, this is your first time here? It is, yeah. I, mean, I haven't qualified. Um, I'm here volunteering, so I'll be doing athlete escort Friday and medal presentation on Saturday, which is really <laughs> quite amazing. So, what kind of, you know... We've got because Kate Driscoll here. So yeah, yeah. Give, give love. Oh, so Kate. There's your love. And, uh, and, and second second athlete in a row who's supporting sponsors. She's got the coffees of Hawaii togs on. Yeah, looking Very flash. stylish. Looking flash. So, okay, when you're doing those roles, first of all, how do you put your hand up for them? And then what information do they give you? Oh, have you had a crash? Oh, that's sensational. But anyway, she's got massive scars. It's like a shark bite, isn't it? <laughs> Seriously, man. But um, what are they, what, what, how do you get into those roles? And then what do they tell you about doing them? 
So if you go on the website for Iron Man on any of the events, if you want to go and volunteer, there's a, usually a link for volunteers. You just fill in a form and tell them what days you can and can't do. You can actually volunteer as, as anyone. You don't have to be associated with Iron Man. You fill in the form, send it off, and they'll, they'll allocate you what anything based on the times you said you can do. So they were really, really accommodating of me because I said I couldn't couldn't lift anyone. I wanted to do finish line and I couldn't be a catcher because you know people are heavy and I've got a collarbone broken. So they, they were really nice and they said I could do metal presentation so they they really really helpful and they're always very grateful for help and is there any training involved or they just kind of turn up and say here you go um i don't really know i mean <laughs> they, they seem to be really really very well differently organized here in hawaii than uh, other races i've volunteered before I've, I've volunteered in wales this year and last year and because there are very few people at those races because they're very new you know they anyone that turns up and helps they're, they're more than happy for people to to help out because they're so short-handed well, you, you've definitely got the best spot, medal presentation. That's going to be pretty cool to be giving the people the medal as they cross the finish line, eh? I think that'd be number one spot. Number two spot would be in the medical tent. That'd be, that'd be entertainment. You reckon the entertainment? People yeah. are dying, you're just having a good laugh. Yeah. Oh, here you go, mate. Ha ah. <laughs> <laughs> And when do you go home? Uh, I go home Wednesday next week, so... And will you be able to swim eventually? Eventually, yeah. I've got another four weeks before I'm allowed to do swimming, so... How'd you do it? Um, I crashed out at Ironman 70.3 Galway, about 10k from the end of the bike. Um, I, I spoke to the, to the um, race officials and persuaded them to let me continue. So I did finish the race, but no more bike, no more swim for another four or five weeks now. That's hardcore. You should see the scar. It's sensational. And a bit, a bit of love for hubby. Give hubby a shout out. Hi, Norm. Love you. Miss you. Be back soon. Bye. Love it, John. I love the love. Norm recently had a picture on uh, on the site with the, in his I Am Talk tri suit. Nice, nice. I remember the one. Okay, well, good luck. And, uh, yeah, look after that arm. That's an impressive scar. I'm nice. so impressed. You could be a villain in a Bond movie. There we go. Interview on interview. We're, we're recording and he's filming us. We've got Ryan from Blue 70 here. Tell us about some uh, what's going on with Blue 70 um, next two days. Well, uh... Nice to see you guys. Yeah. Sorry, salt water tastes great. <laughs> we are um, we're out here on the boat this morning and tomorrow um, with you guys, my list, coffees of Hawaii. Um, we give free goggles to anybody who can bring up sand from the bottom. So you get as many people actually getting goggles. It's it's a it's a thing of confidence. It depends on what the crowd is like. Every once in a while, there's some cocky guy who'll go down and show everyone, and then you'll be surprised how many people. We'll try and then do it, but otherwise, you get a lot of people who are a little bit freaked out. They look down and they all they see is a whole lot of water between them and the bottom. <laughs> um, otherwise, uh, you know, at the expo, biggest thing for Blue Seventy is really um, uh, the PZ3TX, the speed suit. So we sell tons of those, and obviously that's the the speed suit, uh, non wetsuit for non wetsuit swims. Obviously here at Kona, keep everybody fast in the water. Um, we're partnering with uh, World Bicycle Relief. So we have an announcement today. They're doing an ambassador program. They're going to bring some triathletes into the fold as part of their marketing. So we have a little event on the main stage in Kona today. So I'll be there talking a little bit about that with the other sponsors who are involved. Um, and then we'll do a swim skin count tomorrow morning. Or I'm sorry, Saturday morning, race morning. So we always keep track of that. Counting the athletes and seeing how many products we have out there. How's your investment working out? That's a, that's a big question, isn't it? You keep your job. <laughs> How well are we doing? <laughs> and, and, you know, usually we're, we're definitely one of the top suits out there. Our, our, we, we, our products are, are, you know, well thought out. We think we do, we do a really good job. They obviously, the proof is in the pudding, seeing all the people wearing the stuff and going after it. So, 
and it's just it's hey toughest work trip ever is Hawaii right exactly hating it. it hating it well, we love the support from Blue 70 and it's great you guys supporting the coffee boat and everything it just helps make the whole Kona experience even better for everybody so Thanks, mate. Thanks, Ryan. We'll see you out there. You bet. Thanks, guys. See you out there. Good job with sweat marks. So uh, I've, I've pushed record, and, okay. and John's just talking about a sweat marks, which is sensational. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, and we've got good friends with John, and, and, and we've even had, we've had a bit of a goss session before doing the mics on, because that's how we roll. And, and Linda's always good for the goss. I like a bit of goss. You do like a bit of goss, Lynn, and we, and we, Lynn, Linda, and we love that. And uh, it's been Linda Granger. Granger. Welcome along. Thank you for having me, boys. Long time no see. It's I know. Last year. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's great. one year later. One year on. Was it Lava Java last year? Last year you said you're coming back this year for your last one. Oh, I know. What happened? I know. It's not a very nice question to ask. On no, it's on. a good one. It's it's it, and it's one that I've been asked a few times today. Look, I came here last year by myself, so Justin didn't come along. First year I've watched it since starting Ironman. So I've actually watched this race back in '96, '97 when Justin was competing before my time in Ironman. Mm. But it was the first time watching it since I started doing Ironman racing. And I honestly thought that it would be enough to get the hunger or the desire back to do this particular race. And I, I, se I, I separate this race from other Ironman races in the world because it is so different. Mm. And I really did think that I was going to want, you know, to, to do it again. And for the first hour when the gun cannon went off and for the first hour when they were swimming, I did. I was like regretting it. I should be out there. I should be in it. But then something happened and I was quite content being where I was. I was cheering everyone on on the bike and then on the, on the run, I took my own bike and I was up and down on the course giving mm. the girls splits, seeing the girls suffer, <laughs> seeing them start to fall apart and all of a sudden I said to myself, I am glad I'm on this side of the fence. I really, I think I'm finished with this race. Definitely not finished with racing. I still love racing around the world, Ironman distance and 70.3 distance. Um, I've even thrown in a few 5150s this year, which I love too. Mm. Going back to the good old days of sprint. Yeah. But um, I just enjoy watching this race too much and I thought what better Justin and I've never watched it together so brought Juzzy J-Bear J back this year and we're watching it together for the first time um, but you'd almost qualified didn't you because when I did the thing were you like the first person not to qualify yes isn't that, isn't that on, <laughs> ironic or what yeah but, but you were aiming for it because you, you do all types of races don't yes, you yes so you, you could have qualified yeah look I legitimately was not aiming for it those races the, the WTC races I did this year I was always doing I'd signed contracts quite yep. a ways before um, the, the challenge races I was always doing, I obviously signed those contracts a long time ago. So, it, you know, it, it was what it was. And, and if it was enough to get me in, and, and you're right, I, I was 26th. After, well, not 20, but on the roll down, I was, yeah. the, I was the first to miss out on that top 25. Mm. And it made me laugh because it made my decision easy. Mm. Um, Justin asked me the other day, what happens if you had have been that 25th? Yeah. What would you do? And look, I'd say I probably would have had to take it because the opportunity might never come up again and... Um, I just think it's it's such a sacred race that you just don't give up that opportunity unless you're injured and I wasn't, you know, able-bodied, ready to do it. So I probably would have done mm. that last time. And the reason I wanted to do that last time is because I've been, I've raced here 10 times now, but I DNF'd once. So, oh. that, so the record's not clean. And I <laughs> thought I, I'd like to do, I'd like to make it my 10th one. Yeah. You know, like, how do you go about picking races? You know, because you do seem to be one of those athletes who, you know, there's no necessarily alliance to one kind of no. organisation. You do a bit of everything. You, 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 know, you see your name popping up everywhere around the world when we do the results. How do you go about picking races? Is uh, it purely a professional financial decision? I, I like to share the love. Oh, <laughs> perfect answer. And look, you know, I really wanted to prove, I suppose, to, to the WTC and to others out there that you don't, I don't think it's about being loyal to one. I'm loyal to the sport of triathlon. Mm -hmm. So I want to see 
rev, rev races, challenge races, um, ind, you know, independent races. I want to see everyone survive, and I just wish we'd, we'd all work together mm. to better mm. the sport because I think it, the sport, by working against each other like they have done, it's, it's no good for anyone. Mm. It's stupid. I just think if we could all work together, we could make this sport even bigger than what it already is. Um, but the main reason, getting back to that question, the main way, reason or main, sorry, ways that I choose races now is they're usually destination. Oh, really? You know, I've been, I've been in the sport 20 years and I'm not saying I've got soft, but I think I've got to a point now where I like to be comfortable and I like to enjoy the races I'm doing. So I liked the countries that I go to. So obviously Challenge Roth each, each year is a no-brainer. It's mm. a wonderful race. Mm. I feel at home there. Next year will be my 10th time there. Phuket, the same deal, and that's a WTC race. Love, love that destination, love the people involved. It's one of my favorite races of the year. So you often see me returning to races that I have a real passion for. And mm. um, this year I tried a new one, which was an independent race in Bintan. It was an Ironman distance mm. race. Metaman. Mm. Yeah, Metaman. Yeah, yeah. And you know, of course you take a bit of a risk, but I like, I still like that. I still like going to races that are first up that no one has any idea how they're gonna go, whether they're gonna be well organized, whether it's gonna be an easy or hard course. It's a bit of a challenge. And it was a great race. Oh, the, really? the organisers were exceptional. It was like they'd been putting because races on for years. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was good money too, wasn't yeah, it? Very good money. I mean, yeah, obviously, that, like to hear. That, yeah. obviously that, that was a big um, factor for a lot of people as well. I mean, it was 15 grand US for the win. Yeah. And um, they're actually looking to increase that for next year's race. So it'll be interesting to see how many pros go next year. Yeah. Well, we were talking to Cam at the other day, mm. Cam Brown, and, and he was saying he wasn't even going to do Kona this year, but he had such a great Melbourne. He yeah. thought, well, one more crack. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, I led to, well, you know, do you stay in a sport for a few more years just to cash in what, at what point in your career do you do is it about that mm, it, you know maybe because I started as an age grouper it honestly has never been about the cash yeah of course it's how I make my living but yeah. you know we have other ways Justin coaches so we've got other forms of income coming in and honestly if well Phuket this year a lot of the pros aren't going back because it's, the prize purse has dropped significantly because obviously Auckland 70.3 is now the yeah. New Asia Pacific Championships. So a lot of pros are saying, oh, well, I'm not going back. There's no points and it's not worth enough money. That didn't even come into my radar. Mm. I straight away, I emailed them, I want to come back. Mm. So it's never been the be-all, end-all for me. Um, obviously, I am getting to the latter end of my career. So you want to try and make the most of it. Mm. But for me, making the most of it is enjoying it is still loving it the way I loved it back in the, when I first started, and I legitimately do. So, and I think that's because I, I've always done races that I've enjoyed or I've loved or I've had some sort of a connection with. Mm. Yeah, uh, we're obviously in Kona, we're at the lovely Manalani. It's, it's, not, it's pretty it's nice. Not shabby. You, you, can't, you come back from Kona and you're a bit strung up, yes. and you come back here, and it's uh, it's pretty relaxing. It's nice. It's our, it's our little oasis on Kona. We we sort of keep. Actually, I was talking to Lukey Bell this morning, and he was supposed to go into town today to stay. Obviously, he's yeah. racing, and I said, "Oh, you guys!" I ran into him at breakfast. I said, "Oh, you guys heading in today to, to stay in town?" He goes. I'm stretching it out to one more day. And I, said, oh, really? I understand. And, and his mum said, you know, it's just the serenity out here is just so amazing. I said, yep. And uh, I'm, I'm not even racing and I can't wait to get out here. So yeah. So what is it like for you coming on to this week? Because you're, you're mm. a name and uh, obviously you've got sponsors. To, you know, to come watch the race, the race day is awesome. But it's kind of work this week for you, isn't it? You're kind of working your butt off, aren't you? And it is. And for, for me, it's, it's a fantastic opportunity for me to spend time with my sponsors when I'm not stressed out about a race. Mm. I know when I've been here in the past... I've wanted to spend time with sponsors. I wanted to spend time at the expo meeting everyone. But the other part of me is saying, no, 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 you should be inside. You should be resting. You should be lying down on the bed. Now I don't have that problem. I don't care if I get cankles at the end of the day. I don't care if my legs feel like lead bars because it's my one opportunity all year to see sponsors that I don't 
normally get to see because a lot of my sponsors are offshore mm. from states. And this is the one time in the year I can actually spend time with them and talk about, you know, have real conversations with them instead of over email. Mm. So I, I love it. And that's why I'll continue coming back to Kona every year, um, even though I'm not racing, because it's just so worthwhile and so mm. beneficial in that respect. Mm. So some, some of your key sponsors? Uh, well, Power Bar, so Alaska's not here. Alaska's actually from uh, Philippines. So they are the main sponsor uh, and owner of Philippines 70.3. But yeah. all my other ones are here. Shram just yeah. had a great... I mean, this is what I love about the sport. Obviously, I'm passionate about the sport, hence mm. why I've been in it for so long. But I just spoke to Alex Wasman from Shram Zip. Yep. And Justin and I were both sitting there talking to him for probably a good 30, 40 minutes. And that man is just so passionate about his job and his product. Mm. It's, you know it's not just a job for him. Just yeah. like for me, this is not just a job for me. It goes far beyond a job. It's a lifestyle. And just listening to the way he talks about his product, and you can't help but get wrapped up in it. Mm. He, he honestly adores it, and mm. he's always trying to make it something better. He tries to explain it to the athletes why something is as good as it is. And, you know, I could sit down and talk to him for hours because you can just see that he yeah. loves what he does. So we're talking about pe to people with passion, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Hey, um, you know, like, you, you, as you say, you've been an athlete for 20 years. For someone who's been in the sport, you know, at a high level for such a long period of time. you trying to say I'm old? No, no, no. no. I'm saying it's amazing you're only 15 and you've been doing it for yeah, 20 exactly, years. exactly. I know. No, but uh, do the challenges change? Mm. And then if so, how do they change? You know, definitely the challenges change and definitely your perspective changes. You know, I remember, I still remember when I, every race I would go to, it would be podium or nothing. That, that would be my sole focus. Mm. Podium or you go for the win. And now, obviously, as I'm getting older, I'm turning 42 in November. Yes, I'm still super competitive. I think we, that never changes. Mm. But just your standard lowers a little bit. So now I know certain races I can go to and I can still just slip into the podium if I'm lucky. Yeah. But for most races, and I've always been a realist, you know, I go to races and, and I'm happy to finish top 10. Yeah. So, you know, Ironman Melbourne this year, I looked at that start list, which was phenomenal. And yeah. I, and. Back in the day, I'd be like, oh, I want top three. Mm. Anything else is a failure. Now I look at that start list, and I'm thinking, oh, if I could just sneak into the top ten. Same mm. when I go to Challenge Roth. So definitely that's changed over the years. I, I still train hard, but I train a lot smarter than I used to. Recovery's a lot bigger now in the program. Back in the day, recovery wasn't important. Is it just an age <laughs> thing, or is it just a wiser thing? Probably a little bit of both. You know, I think age, age only becomes an issue if you let it. Yeah. I mean, look at Macca and Crowey. I mean, Macca and Crowey are both, you know, close to 39, 40, yeah, close to 40. Greg Bennett is 40, and he's still yeah. smashing some of those younger boys over the shorter distances. So I really think that age in our sport is, is definitely not so much of an issue, of course, unless you, unless you let it be an issue. And I admit there's been race times when I've been out there in Ironman distance races where I've let it become an issue. Mm. When I've said to myself, oh, I'm too bloody old for this sport now and, you know, I've wanted to, to say that's it, no more Ironman, I'm just going to stick to half. But I get to the end of a race and you get to cross that finish line and those, those thoughts, they disappear very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, the only other questions I've got is sort of around where we were at with WTC qualifying for Kona, you've obviously been on both sides mm. of it, where, where you go into an Ironman and you get your ticket there, and, and just a general direction you're going there, what's your sort of feeling towards it, especially given you missed out by one slot, do you think, you know, mm. crap, I sh I'm but good enough to be here, trying. but, no, but, but no. Um, do you like the way they're going at, or, or do you think there's a better way to do it? No, I, I, I definitely think that it was the right way to go, mm. obviously that first year when we were all a little bit of, we were, we were guinea pigs up with the whole new system, and there were a few flaws in the first mm. year. Um, we all knew it. We expected it. Then all of a sudden, 
you know, they, they ironed out a few flaws. I still think it needs a bit of fine tuning. I, I am absolutely under the belief that there's not enough, not enough women. Mm. It, it should be closer ratio. 50 men, 40 women. I don't think there's that, there shouldn't be 20 the difference. Yeah, like, the depth. Yeah. There, do you think there's a depth in the women's? Yes, you do. definitely. But like, I'm just, I'm I think it needs to be no, asked. I definitely, yeah. I think there's a couple of girls that probably should be going that, that couldn't go. You're very, I mean, you're right, I didn't try if I wanted to, to qualify for Kona oh, yeah. then but it would have meant giving up a challenge race and, mm. and taking on an iron, another Ironman race mm. so you know I just we want the we not only do we want the best 30 40 girls turning up here we want them in their best condition mm. so if they're racing for example there's uh the Australian girl um Michelle Mitchell is it Mitchell but it's no, now I she's now going there. yeah but she's now going by her other by her maiden name and uh, no, her yeah maiden name yeah does that mean she was divorced? Yes, actually, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, now, for her to qualify, she was on the she was on the borderline as well. So to qualify, she had to do another Ironman. So she chose to do Ironman Louisville, mm. I think it was, or yeah. And she she walked, basically walked the marathon. Yeah. Now, really? Yeah. Uh, that I don't agree with. Mm. She I, she not, had to. She yeah. had to. She, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not doing anything but against it's not, her. It's not a good advertisement for the sport. I, I think I just think there's that's where there's a flaw in the in the program. I mean, she's obviously good enough to go, but should she have to walk a marathon to get to, to get those few points to, to get in? Mm. And what sort of condition is she going to be in here now? Yeah. Is she going to be at her best condition to race? So, I still think there's a few flaws, but look, no, no process is perfect, and they it's definitely better than what there was. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. Hey, um, the Work races. Project, tell, tell us what you think about the men's and females. Go, go, females first, because obviously mm. you're one of those. And uh, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah, no, I did say obviously. <laughs> and uh, it's a pretty exciting race this year, isn't it? Uh, I think both in the men's and females, it's going to, for me, one of the closest races we're going to see. Mm. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but obviously, you know, as soon as Chrissy Wellington's out of the equation, it changes everything. Mm. And I think what I've noticed just by talking seeing the way the girls are racing this year knowing that Chrissy's there's no way she's racing she's yeah. you know retired for now I've just seen a change in all the girls because there's at least half a dozen girls that legitimately know they can win that they can win and that changes everything I think they all knew that they were probably going for second third fourth mm -hmm. and now they're like well now Chrissy's out of the equation we are all gunning for the win I mean Carolyn Stefan Leander Cave I think they're two two standout girls in the, I'm not saying that they are going to win, but I think they truly 100% believe that they are capable of winning. Do you, think, no that, do you think that maybe for those guys, but because they've never had that spotlight on them, that it pressure. creates a pressure they're not used to, yeah. Because everyone, Stefan seems to be the name everyone's talking about, mm. and, and Leander, you know, and Joycey really are the kind of, mm. you know. And so you kind of go, well, these, these girls, they're now getting that, maybe not Chrissy attention, because Chrissy was obviously yeah. just a like, superstar, but... Yeah. Oh, you're going to win. Well, I see. I think Leander and, and Caroline are fine with it because at the end of the day, Leander's a world champion. Mm -hmm. She's, you know, used to that sort of spotlight. She's she's a world champion over short, short course and yeah. this now. So she's used to that limelight. Caroline has won Ironman Frankfurt, which is enormous race. She's mm -hmm. won it a couple of times now. So I think those two girls in particular are used to the pressure. And I think just looking at them, um, they just exude confidence not over the top mm. but they are just they are confident and I think they know that they can win it on their day I spoke to Rachel after seeing what she did in uh, in Roth oh. Roth, well both yeah, really but yeah. Roth in particular and I said you know what if you can get your mind right between now and Kona and truly believe that you are a genuine player for the win not for mm. not for a podium mm. then I think you can take it out too mm. uh, and it's also the same for Marinda I know Marinda hasn't had a great year but you've got to understand she's been on a lot of pressure she changed co like changed coaches 
that caused quite a bit of turmoil and, and, it, and it's taken a long time to come to terms with and it's, it's always difficult when you've been with someone for so long and all of a sudden you're switching you know to think to different things also she knew to continue being play, a player here she needed to improve a bike yeah and when you do that whenever you try and improve one leg something else has to give so mm-hmm. you know i think we've seen it in her racing that she hasn't been as dominant yeah it hasn't been a bit it shit. means nothing though mm-hmm. until saturday and she's she, won. Can, she yeah, knows it she knows what it takes to win i i just think marinda's the penultimate professional athlete i've i've spent a lot of time with her i've lived with her and the way she goes about her training day by day she's an amazing girl so not just a professional she's a beautiful person mm. so i'd like to say that i think marinda will it'll all come together for on the day and she'll also be up there in the mix but it's yeah it's going to be a very interesting race i still think caroline's going to get off the bike with a substantial lead and it's whether she can hold on she's just gonna be a great race isn't it oh, and, yeah. and the boys yeah the boys look the same deal but i think the only difference this year with the boys is you're still going to have that big front pack mm. full of everyone all mm. the names all the guns this time, which is a little bit different, you're also going to have that second tier pack. So the not so great swimmers, but there's some brilliant bike riders. So your Jordan Raps, your Sebastian Kinlay, um, Tim O'Brack's going to be caught sort of in no man's land because he's not quite good enough to stay with those top guys. But but the, the, those other guys coming from behind will sweep them up. Ronnie Shieldnick will be in that group. I think once that second tier group catches the first group, and I think they will because there's just too many good riders in it, it'll be interesting to see what happens, whether they just decide, okay, we've caught them now, let's just... You know, sit pretty till the end, or whether they say no, I'm going to keep ripping through it. And any of the deadwood in that front pack that have just been sitting, hanging on, are going to get spat off the back. And it's it's going to be a really exciting race in that respect. I think we can still have a big group off the bike, but it's any picks. Oh, Crowley! It's got to be Crowley. How could you go past Crowley? He, another guy that's just such a professional. Um, it's going to be a, a lot of people are talking Aussie trifecta. Could be. Yeah, Justin. The Raylu. Raylu. Yeah, Justin knows? reckons. It, that's what Justin thinks. Justin picked it before 70.3. He said, I think this year's the year of the Euro. That's what yeah. he likes to call it, the year yeah. of the Euro. And it's going down really bad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, and he picked Sebastian Kinlay to actually win 70.3. Oh, did he? Now, he's not saying Sebastian will win Ironman, uh, but he definitely thinks like it'll be a Raylert or a Marino, mm. um, one of the Euro boys who'll step it up. Because it's been, let's face it, it's been a while since those boys yeah. have been up there. Yeah. yeah. Just one last question. Always. I always have a last question. Do you think Chris will come back? I know you probably got insight there. No, yeah, to tell the truth, um, I mean, obviously I've had a couple of emails. I haven't actually sat down and talked to her in depth about it. Because mm. we're talking just behind the scenes to some other pros, and there's definitely a feeling that maybe she won't. No, I, I don't think she will. I'll tell you why. Chrissy, if you know her personality, obviously anyone that's that good at something is, yeah. they're brilliant. And, and No matter what they do. And no matter yeah. what they do. And what it, whatever they do, they do it 100% or they don't want to do it at all. Mm. So there's no way that, that she could come back unless she knew she could give just as much as what she's given before. And the problem now is she's experienced another side of life. Mm. She's done so much. She's written a book. She travels around the world doing stuff for charity. She, she gives talks, uh, motivational speeches, and she is loving it. Like even what she's doing here, she's involved with everything. And now that she's experienced that, she doesn't I'm not sure she thinks she can go back to being that hermit that lives at home that does nothing but eat sleep train yeah and basically if she can't give that then she doesn't want to give it at all mm. so I would be very surprised to see her come back maybe maybe if someone breaks her record so at the moment she's won the race four times yeah. she has the fastest record in the world um, the only thing she could try to beat is Paula's record of yeah, yeah. But, but that's, ooh, that's, such that's a tough commitment. yeah that's tough and that's and that that's going to take years yeah. and I don't think she wants to give that 
much of her life. Mm. And the girls, she, she's just, she's got so much that she wants to achieve in life. She's an incredibly intelligent girl. And I just think this was just not quite enough for her. Mm. Mm. And yeah, I'd be very surprised. But you know what? For the person, you it's never amazing. say never. Yeah, for the person, it's amazing, but for the sport, it's sad, isn't it? You know, like absolutely. It would have been interesting to see yeah. how much further she could have gone. Yeah, and yeah. just good for the girls. I mean, look what she's done for the sport for the girls. Let's imagine Chrissy Wellington never came along. That we never, we never knew of Chrissy Wellington. I'd just like to see what the girls would be doing now. Mm. Would we have raised the bar as quickly as we have? Well, there was a period even in the show where we were kind of saying girls aren't improving. No. Yeah. And then, and then, like yep. in the last five years, mm-hmm. like, bam, the girls. I are still just... remember that one weekend where. Uh, I think Chrissy smashed the world record. Yeah. But that weekend, I think maybe six or seven girls went sub nine. Yeah. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. And from there, it's just... just it's conti- just snowballed. And, and it's not yep. just one person. It's no. the field, isn't and it? And now yeah. it's not unusual to go to an Ironman race and have the, the time difference between the lead male and female, 40 minutes. Mm. Um, and, and then have several women, several women per race going under nine hours. So mm. it is exciting. And I think we honestly have Chrissy to thank for that, 100%. Because mm. I just don't, I think we were quite content to sit where we were. Mm. And now with her on the scenes, setting the bar so high, everyone's going, well, if we don't pull, pull our socks up, we're going to be left behind. <laughs> and for me, being in the sport this long, obviously, you know, I think I've done 46 Ironman distance races now. I love seeing it. I love seeing it, the sport progress and seeing women doing so well because normally it's the other way it's the men progressing at the speed and not and women just sitting pretty mm. so it's it's great is getting 50 going to be cool oh yeah i'm definitely doing 50 oh, i think we've decided i think if we work it out correctly the 50th should be challenge penticton next year and honestly i man canada is one of my f- most favorite courses in the world it's one of the only true and fair courses left out there where there's you know it's just one loop swim one loop bike out and back run it's you know back to grassroots and i loved it i've done it three times loved it every time i've done it so i couldn't think of a better race to to do 50. Great. Nice. We know you've got your girls dinner with Hillary here at uh, Manalami, so you've got to go yep. for your. Uh, we're just going to get dressed up. Tart we? Tart yourself up. Yeah. Well, could, actually, a little, I've got a little lippy upstairs, yeah. and we could. John, John would look hot. The, yeah, very yeah. hot. Get very the chest hot. out. A couple of pairs sweet. of high heels. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks as always for your time, oh, and no, um, look we'll forward to seeing you on race day, and we'll get a bit of insight oh, you, on race day. You'll, you'll see me out there. I'll be everywhere. Thanks, Brenda, about your rock. Welcome, Sebastian. On the far end, we have Kelly Williamson from Austin, Texas. Kelly is uh, going from strength to strength at the moment. She's had incredible results this year, finishing sixth in the High V 5150 Championship with the fastest run of the day. And she was also second place in the 2012 Ironman World Championship in 70.3 in Las Vegas just last month. Please welcome Kelly. Sitting in our men's field down there is uh, no stranger to all of us in the media, that's for sure. He uh, caused quite a stir in 2010 when he was hit by a car in, um, I think it was in Oxnard, California. He was left almost for dead. Uh, Jordan almost bled to death. He's uh, been on a road, uh, a comeback road for the last couple of years and in 2011 did what everybody thought was the unexpected and came back out and won an Ironman this year. He has had an incredible year thus far, winning in Texas and also in New York. Please welcome from the United States, Jordan Rapp. Sitting fourth in our women's uh, side today, hails from the UK, having a great year in 2012. She took Caroline Steffen to the absolute limit this year down in Ironman Melbourne, where she finished in second place. Last year, she was fourth place in Kona. Please welcome Rachel Joyce. 
This next gentleman hails from Germany and he's, uh, he's raced three times in Kona and not bad results. He's only ever finished on the podium. Two times third and one time second. Please welcome Mr. Andreas Raylerd. This young lady is having a fantastic 12 months. It was just, uh, you know, 11 and a half months ago that she was uh, third place here in the 2011 IMAD World Championship. She went on then to crack the nine hour mark in Arizona. And this year she's uh, just kicked off with another fantastic late surge in the season. I call her Miss October, November, and not being any, you know, with any disrespect or anything. Those ugly magazines out there, Leander. But uh, Leander's had a fantastic year again. She's on fire. She is the 2012 Ironman World Champion 70.3 to go along with her other world championships. Please welcome Leander Cave. This next gentleman was the closest guy to Mark Allen's run record at a 240.04. Pete Jacobs has uh, a run in the 241s and he is ready, set, go for another great year this year. He was last year's second place getter. He's also a three-time Cobra 70.3 Philippines champion. Please welcome Mr. Pete Jacobs. This next uh, young lady hails from Switzerland and she uh, went very, very close to breaking Chrissy Wellington's world record. She was only 55 seconds off this year in Ironman Melbourne when it debuted down there on the shores of St Kilda. She had an incredible day with a cracking 4.35 bike ride and a fastest run for her in an Ironman competition. From Switzerland, please welcome Caroline Steffen. Our defending champion in the men's from the 2011 race is Craig Alexander. Craig hails from Australia. He's a three-time Ironman world champion. He is a 70.3 world champion. His list goes on longer than my arm, so I'm going to stop there. Please welcome Craig Alexander. And our 2010 champion from Australia, also on the women's side, Marinda Carfrey, has also been in good form. Last year, she came very close to knocking off Chrissy Wellington for a second place finish here, but this year she wants it back. Please welcome from Australia, 2010 champion, Marinda Carfrey. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to ask uh, our floor. I'm going to open it up in just a few moments, but uh, just to, to crack the ice, we'll, uh, we'll just start off with Craig. Craig, how is it to be back? It's great to be back. It's been a, a fast 12 months. Um, as always, it was an honour to, to wear the crown as champion. It, it was enlightening. It wasn't a burden. Um, but uh, this year's a new year, and um, I'm looking forward. I'm not looking back. It's going to be a great, great race. Um, I hear we're going to get a lot of heat and a lot of wind. And, uh, you know, it's a great field as always assembled here. So I'm looking forward to Saturday very much. By the way, Craig's got a beautiful little book out at the moment if you'd like to go and buy a copy, mate. Thanks for the plug, Walsh. It's a great little read. Everyone looking for a birthday gift or Christmas present. Value for money, too. Money well spent. Yeah, 2% off the top there, mate. Thank you very much. Checks in the mail, Greg. All right, beauty. All right, so Marinda Carfrey, <clears throat> pick up the mic there, Marinda. Um, Marinda, it hasn't been such a you know great year at the early part of the season, but the back end of the season, you're coming into some really good form. You look like you're in great shape. So uh, what's it going to be? Oh, your guess is as good as mine, Welshy. Um, yeah, I mean, I've had a bit of a mixed bag this year. I certainly got hammered early in the year with Carolyn's and Rachel's great performances in Melbourne. Um, but, you know, this this is Kona and this is a different race. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting out there and racing against... I mean, these, these girls are going to be super fast and 
it's going to be a great battle, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, so we'll go over to Sebastian Kinley. Uh, pick up the mic there, Sebastian. And um, Sebastian, you've been in really good form this year, and uh, you know not only at the Ironman distance, but in 70.3. And what you showed us in Las Vegas was, uh, you know, Thomas Hellriegel like, Jürgen Zack like, Norman Stadler. Uh, the Germans are powerhouses on the bike and like to go from the front. Is that going to change the tactics of the Germans this year? It's very kind from an Australian because normally they call us just stupid. <laughs> because we blow no, that's, that's, that's the other guy, mate. Oh, yeah. He's not here. <laughs> yeah, he's not here. Right. So I'm here. That's already great achievement. Um, yeah, I mean, in, uh, what, what worked in Vegas wouldn't work here. I mean, if I, if I do the same thing here, then I think I'll have a nice little walk in the energy lab. And um, I'm not here for breaking the bike record or yeah, having the fastest bike split. I just want to have a good uh, finish and yeah, do what it takes for it. And, uh, if it's um, being more patient on the bike than, than I've been in Vegas, then I, I hope I could hold a little bit back. Okay, beautiful. Nice young man too. All right, so we're going over to Leander Cave. Leander, I, um, I, I'm very curious to uh, know uh, how your form is. Uh, you, you were in good form, you know, a couple of weeks ago, or actually a month ago. You were down in uh, High V in Iowa, uh, 12th place down there, and uh, you got across the line. And I asked you, I said, uh, you don't even look like you're breathing. Um, you said, I could go around a few more times. Uh, it was just a little warm up. And then a few weeks, oh, actually a week later, you went down to Las Vegas and, and won your, I think it was your third world championship in triathlon uh, to go along with your Lausanne championship and your ITU long distance world championship and uh, collected another title. How's your form now? How have you recovered? Oh, it's terrible, Greg. I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> I'm going to keep everyone guessing, including myself. Uh, Vegas was a good surprise, uh, a good, good indication that what I've done for at least most of the year had been in the right direction leading up to this race and this is what I've been going for all year and I feel that um, I'm ready to go. That's all I say really. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, we're going to open up the uh, open up the floor right now. We've got a long morning ahead of us, and uh, also be respectful of our athletes' time. Um, they've got uh, an athlete meeting to attend to after this, so uh, let's start out. We've got our first question. Timothy, you're taking photos. Okay, Brad Cole, Lava Magazine. Uh, question for Jordan. Um, people have been asking for a really long time when you're going to do this race. Um, and people are kind of hoping that you would. Uh, so why is this year and what are your expectations? Uh, I think that more than anything, I wanted to come and be respectful of the history of the race and I think the other competitors and not just come to sort of have a glorified vacation. You know, I wanted to come in when I thought I could put down a performance that was sort of worthy of, of showing up. I mean, it's a world championship. You want to show up when you feel like you can present a world championship caliber performance. And I think, uh, you know, I think you need to sort of, obviously you need to be solid on the bike. And I think you need to sort of either be a solid swimmer where you can get out and sort of, you know, put yourself in a really good position and then try and hold people off. Or you, if you're not as good a swimmer, you need to have that run where you can try and reel people in and, I thought I had that, you know, a better run in me than I'd shown, and then finally in Texas, I think I, I put that down with a with a 2:46 high, and so I thought, okay, you know, now I feel like I can go and I can I can have the race that I think is, you know, that I know that I have in me, and I think I can be respectful of the fact that this is the biggest this is the biggest race in our sport, and that I'm not just showing up to sort of have a Hawaii vacation, and I want to come out and 
and you know be in the mix and hopefully I can I think uh, if I can have a day like I've had at some of the other races this year I think that's possible but obviously you know you got to see what what you get on the race day like I said Jordan having won two Ironman races already this year Roger Vaughan from the Associated Press Australia um, we've seen you really come on the last couple of years and you know you're clearly progressing how is it heading into Saturday and what, what's going to make the difference this year? What have you done or what are you doing that's going to take you to the next level, in your case? Um, yeah, well, basically, it's been a pretty slow year and uh, injury earlier this year. Last three years, I've had injuries. This year, it was earlier. wasn't as severe, so my recovery was, was quite good. And uh, I've been building up for this race a lot longer than previous years. Um, it was great to be to be running back in, you know, sort of uh, April, May and uh, feeling good then. So I've been running consistently, um, you know, a couple more months at least since uh, than previous years. So more kilometres in my legs means that hopefully I don't see that pain and uh, that, that quad shattering that I had in the last 10k of last year. And I think that's going to be a big difference. And also, uh, yeah, I've obviously I appeared to have a weak bike last year just a couple of percent off on race day and uh, you know I think I've, I've improved that I've worked a little bit harder on the bike uh, but mostly just focused on um, you know having a good taper these last couple of weeks and I'm freshening up really well uh, pushed myself right to the edge uh, a month ago while these guys were racing Vegas I was right on that limit getting a bit tight a few little niggles uh, but I've, I've moved through that and uh, I'm freshening up really well and, and really happy where I'm at for, for Saturday. Pete was also uh, second place in Lake Placid in, uh, at the end of the July. Amanda Lullen from uh, Australia. Um, Chloe, do you think with this forecast of very strong winds and very hot conditions that are playing to the hands of um, athletes in the southern hemisphere over the northern hemisphere? I think it, it's, it's irrelevant geography where you're from. I think it's, it plays into the hands of the physically well prepared and the mentally tough. I think it's a, a truer race when you get some wind, it's a fairer race. Um, particularly if the winds blow from the side, which is typically what happens here. And I think everyone who's trained very hard and banked this season on this race will be looking forward to that. But that's what you come here for. It's, uh, as Jordan said, it's not a, not a holiday. We'll save the drinks with the little umbrellas for Sunday. But, um, you know, in my five years here, I think we, we, got, we got some wind in 08. Um, the other years it's been fairly mild and, and we got a lot of heat in 09. But, be interesting uh, to get them on the same day. I think it would be a, a true test of um, everybody's athletic and, and mental capabilities. Craig set the record last year. There was no picnic out there, that's for sure, at 8.03.56, taken 12 seconds off the old record held by Luke Van Leer. Who we got next? Timothy Carlson from, where are you reporting from now, Tim? Slow Twitch? Slow Twitch. Uh, Miranda, you almost drove Chrissy Wellington into, I don't know what, like, uh, over the brain last year. Brilliant last run. You have very consistent, great races three years in a row. But I think always been working hard on your bike. But I do have it on a secret but very high shorty that you've improved it a lot. You know, this time out. What have you done differently on the bike? How much better is it? Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how much better my bike is. Uh, certainly in training, um, the numbers uh, look better and um, I'm performing better in similar training sessions that I've done um, over the years. So, you know, but sometimes, you know, those results don't always come in races right away. Uh, so 
you know, while I know I've improved and I hope to see that on Saturday, I'm also very realistic and um, understand that, you know, sometimes it doesn't come, you know, six months, it comes at 12 months or a year and a half after really working hard on something. So, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm in great shape. Um, and I just hope to continue to have good luck here on the island. I have had, you know, as you said, three really good years and um, hopefully I can continue. Um, and yes, it was great to push Christy to the limits. I don't think we've ever seen a hurt like that before. And I, I think all the girls agree that um, it's always good to see Chrissy hurt. <laughs> Were you just not as possible crazed when you came out of like so far back, 20, 24 minutes? What, what were your feelings something like that? You know, last year I actually, I didn't feel that I was in fantastic shape for this race, so I was very nervous leading in. Um, just after winning the world title in 2010, you have extra obligations and you have people pulling you in different directions and sometimes training takes a little bit of a backseat. Uh, so I felt a little nervous going into last year and hopping off the bike, yeah, I mean, 20 something minutes behind Julie. I think I was 14 minutes behind Carolyn and we hopped out of the water together. So, um, you know, that's a lot of time uh, to have to pull back on a marathon. Um, mostly I was focused on, on Chrissy, who was only a couple of minutes ahead of me. Um, but yeah, I mean, still with Carolyn, 14 minutes up the road, the girl can run. She ran a 301 in Melbourne. She ran prior to last year's race at 305 here. So um, I, was, I was very worried. Uh, but, you know, this anything's possible in this race and it just shows that you can never give up and just have to push to push to the end and it's gonna hurt but um it, it can be well worth it Miranda was uh good enough to finish with a 259 uh, sorry 252.09 for a race record on the marathon run um who we got over there down the back there yeah um andreas your brother's racing this year does that actually make make it better for easier for you, you know, your brother and your trainer got a lot together. Does it help your race having him here this year? Uh, it doesn't make it easier for me, but uh, it gives me a better feeling. For Mikey, it's the first time that he's racing here in Kona, and uh, let's put it this way, we got uh, 50 professional athletes here on the start line, and uh, one of these guys is, is my friend, my brother, and so it helps me. And I think um, it helps Mikey as well to, uh, yeah, that we can, yeah, hold this pressure on four shoulders, not on two, and uh, it gives me a really good feeling. Roger. Two-part question for Marinda. First of all, is the bike that we know you've done a lot of work on the bike this year, is that the one thing that's really you've changed for this year? And secondly, how confident are you that the work you've done on the bike is a bit of like you? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely the question, uh, whether, you know, working harder on the bike, whether I've taken my eye off the ball on the run. And, and certainly I think you have to, you know, when you're working really hard on one discipline, certainly the other may be second um, some of the time. But, you know, I feel that I'm still running as well as I have in the past. Uh, but again, you know, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, I feel like I'm in great shape. I feel like I'm in great run shape. Uh, can I run as quick as I have in the past? I don't know. I mean, certainly the conditions are going to um, dictate, you know, how fast we can run. If the heat gets up, it, it's going to be tough to run a super fast time. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, you know, I'm confident I've, I've done some great work and um, 
you know, I'm 31 years old. I plan to keep coming back, and my goal has always been to just keep improving every year. And um, I sort of look back in the last couple of years, and uh, certainly the bike is where I'm losing the most time to some of these girls. And if I want to continue to be competitive and, to, and continue to contend for, you know, a title here, I, I knew that I need to make a change. And um, yeah, that's sort of all there is to it: either change or. Uh, or forget about winning here. And so it was. So was the bike the one thing that really sort of played around with bad team, I guess, that really sort of focused on changed this year. Yeah, I mean, I've also I changed uh, coaches. Um, just went with somebody that had what I felt. I mean, a guy that's sort of overseen Crowey's program over the last couple of years and his not transformation, but certainly seeing him go from what people perceived as a, a not a strong biker to probably one of the strongest bikers in the field now. Um, and yeah, I mean, just learning to ride with power. Um, so definitely the bike is the place I've tried to improve the most and um, and played around with, uh, lack of a better word. Yeah. Who is your coach now? My coach, uh, well, I wouldn't call him a coach, but he's, he's an advisor um, and, and a good friend. Um, his name's Matt Steinmetz. Amanda? Uh, Caroline, you had a wonderful start to the year in Melbourne and um, you've been installed as pretty much as the favourite here. Does that weigh quite heavily or how are you coping with that? Um, I actually thought I'd get here just playing, um, uh, just saying I want to go back to the top three after a little struggle last year, but after Melbourne and Frankfurt, I reckon it doesn't work really well. I'm just saying I'm happy with top three. So I've got in this position, no one sees me as a favourite. Um, uh, it doesn't really weigh heavy on me. I feel way more pressure last year because after second place, everyone expects uh, you did one year more work, so you automatically get one step up. Um, no, I feel I feel quite fine. Um, start to get used to be favourite in big races. Um, I always like to start on big races. That's why I did Melbourne and Frankfurt. And um, um, no, no, it doesn't affect me at all. Take that, Amanda. <laughs> Evan. Hey Joyce, on Facebook this week you said you had a bit of a flu. How are you feeling now? And is it going to be alright for the race? Um, I'm feeling much, much better. If you'd asked me on Tuesday, uh, the answer would have been a different story. But um, yeah, I, I've had a really good preparation coming into this race until Monday morning. Um, but these things happen and uh, I'm just grateful at the moment that I know that I'll be able to start and you know I wouldn't have chosen to have uh, a bronchial infection this week but that's what happens and you, that's the thing with this sport you kind of deal with with what you've, you've dealt and um, I'm I'm feeling good so it'll be a bit of a lottery on Saturday but I'm kind of banking on all the work I did in the last 10 weeks and uh, not forgetting about the beginning of this week, but um, not letting that kind of uh, set how I'm going to do on the race. So, you know, I'm going to go out there to have a good race and um, hopefully it will work out. Quite high levels of vodka this year as well, uh, if you've been to the islands before. So um, we all know what that's about. Timothy Coulson. Kelly, you've had incredible races this year and very fast running. You ran a 114 for your half marathon and a pure running race. 
but when you hear that Melinda has run 252 here, uh, uh, 253 out there, is that something that you're capable of doing when you see this in this place? Yeah, you know, kind of similar to the way Miranda stated it, it um, you know, your guess is, is, is as good as mine. Um, I haven't done, you know, I, I don't think I've, I've run to where I'm capable on an Ironman, but I also haven't really done a lot of them. Um, I don't know if I can say I'm a newbie anymore. I've done five, but it's really just been two years, uh, 2010, 2011. So um, my last one being about uh, 11 months ago now, I feel like I'm a, a much better athlete. So. That's part of the excitement for me here is um, is that I think I've got a lot of potential that has not been tapped at this distance. And so, you know, I, I see myself as a low 250 marathoner. I haven't done it, um, but I think you have to kind of you have to kind of put yourself in that position based on what you know you're capable of um, if you ever expect to actually do it. So, you know, I hope I, I can, and I'm going to do my best to. Um, but again, it's not for me. It's not just about the run. I if I want to have any you know, hope of being in this race. I've got a um, swim and bike really well too. So, um, so yeah, that's the goal. But like I said, kind of see how everything pans out on our day. I just I have a, qu uh, a little quick question for Jordan. Um, Jordan, I just I just want to know why. What do you feel about racing in Hawaii for the first time? I know you're a very calculated guy. Um, you know, the guys can swim pretty quick out there. You probably have a small deficit or so, but um, how do you see this race? I think the big thing is when you look at the history of this race is 90% of doing well is not beating yourself. I think people are said like, how well do you think you're going to do? And I said, you know, I'll start thinking about where I might finish in terms of placing with 10K to go. And then before that, I'm going to worry about just not being that guy that, you know, is a 246 runner who runs a 446, you know, and ends up finishing, you know, walking big chunks in the marathon. I think it... If you put together a solid race here, I think, and you're a good athlete, I think you can finish well, and that's really going to be my focus, you know, until I hit that 20-mile mark, and then I'll look at who's behind me and, you know, trying to breathe down my neck and who might be up the road, and if I can catch him, and that's really the, the focus I have, you know, in terms of a strategy, I guess, for this race, but it certainly is different being here as an athlete. Last year was my first trip to the island for the specialized launch, but, you know, I rode out uh, the north part of the course, which I'd never seen, and, I mean, I think... Uh, people talk a lot about the energy of the island, and I mean, it, it was certainly very special. You know, I did did some runs, uh, you know, where it's just you and black lava, and I mean, there's there's something that's, that's pretty magical about being out here and knowing that you're going to be racing on those roads, and I think this is a special place, and I, I feel quite privileged to be here as an athlete. That's great. Yeah, we can't wait to see you go around. Uh, over here? Uh, Craig, last time you were the defending champion, your competitors seem to key their strategy around you. Now that you're back in that scenario, are you anticipating something similar this time around? Uh, perhaps. I mean, I guess you'd be ignorant to ignore. Um, but, you know, I think it's part and part, you know, it's my sixth time racing here and, and my fourth time wearing a number one bib, which is an honour, but I think with it comes pressure, you only understand if you've, if you've had to deal with it. And, uh, you know, a lot was made in 2010 about allegiances and um, all this kind of thing. I mean, essentially, I think it's a non-drafting race, and if everyone sticks to the rules, it shouldn't matter. Um, particularly if the wind blows from the side, it won't matter. So, uh, you know, I think the smartest and most intelligent thing I've heard is what Jordan just said. People come here trying to key off everybody else. People who historically have raced well here race to their own strengths. And that doesn't mean you can be ignorant of your competition, 
but we've all raced each other a lot. Everyone's been watching the form guide all year, as you guys have. You know people's strengths and weaknesses, but I mean, if you're smart, you're gonna race to your own strengths. That's how you get the best out of yourself, because ultimately, that's the way you're gonna perform the best here. And there is a race going on, but you know, you've trained, you know your form, your fitness levels. Um, hopefully you're prepared to suffer, because that's what it takes. And ultimately, you get the most and the greatest performance, the best outcome if you race to your own strengths. Um, you know, there's no point trying to ride with Sebastian. It ain't gonna happen. Same way, there's no point riding with Norman or, or Chris Liotta. You gotta race your own race to get the best possible outcome. And, you know, I think a lot is made of partnership. And let's, let's be honest, partnerships of convenience form all the time in all races. Um, but you need to stay strong, stay disciplined, race to your own race, and that's how you get the best outcome. And uh, certainly that's how you can perform consistently here. Roger? Um, hey, no doubt in your credentials, but obviously from an Australian perspective, the sort of the hype leading us all, you know, the anticipation of the duel between Crowley and Macca. Just, how does that sit with you? Is it a good thing, you know, that you sort of out of the limelight a bit? Do you sort of crave to sort of reach, you know, take that next step and reach where Crowley and Macca have yeah, definitely. When I look back over the years and think, well, if this hadn't happened or that hadn't happened on the bike and I got off with these guys, you know, there might be a lot better results on my, on my resume. But, you know, at the same time, um, you know, I'm, I'm quite happy that I haven't made it yet. You know, I've still got a lot to learn. I've still got a lot of improving to do. And, um, you know, we all just want to have a great race and feel good on race day. And, uh, you know, if you have a fantastic race and, and you perform at, at your best, and you finish second or third, you know, you're still pretty happy, but if you have a bad race and finish second or third, when you want first, you know, you're disappointed. And this year I want first, you know, last year I was happy with podium and I got podium. This year I'm a lot more driven to win. Um, and, you know, exactly that scenario of getting off and running with Crowley and Matthew, you know, I've used that in training, you know, a bit of visualization and, and to get in touch with the, my emotions and how I'll feel if that's the case. and so I can sort of plan that mental strength ahead of time and, and how, I'll, uh, how I'll react when that happens, um, if it happens. And what do you got planned for, for this bike? <laughs> um, I think I'm, I'm curious, if, if I got off the run with these guys, it, it would be really exciting for me to see the pace that these guys run off the bike, because obviously I've been chasing the last couple of years off the bike and running my own race you know, heading out quite hard and, uh, you know, without a watch and just going for it. You know, if I got off with these guys, I might find the pace might be a little bit slower earlier on or, or they might try and break me early. But it would just be exciting to be amongst that and um, and just see what happens at the pointy end of the race in the, in the first half of it or, or at any point, you know, if I'm, up the, if I'm ever equal leader, it would just be exciting for me and I would really get a, a lot of confidence and a lot of uh, adrenaline from that and um, you know certainly feed off off that position could I follow oh, well if you want to push in <laughs> all right go on where you go Brad you're next a, a terrible you know space illness and an injury that you're getting through at the beginning of the year uh, have you had enough time to really have your best race or secondarily was that maybe a blessing in disguise where you come in a little more rested and a little more uh, powder? Yeah, it's worked for me every year, but this year it just happened sooner, so I've been building up a lot longer. Um, definitely a blessing in disguise, and I'm, I'm definitely in, in the best shape that I've ever been here in Hawaii. 
And uh, you know, I, I have only peaked for Hawaii the last few years. You know, I haven't had amazing results anywhere else, but I've been consistent here, and that's because I just get in much better shape for this race than I do for any other. Um, as I'm sure all these other guys do, but you know, for me, it's a it's a huge difference. And um, you know, I'm definitely in better shape once again here uh, for Saturday. Question for the ladies, please. Fred. Uh, question for Leanda. Uh, how much more confidence do you have going into this year's race after the twelve months you've had? And does it add any extra pressure after having gone some sub nine and uh, also having won a world championship four weeks ago? Okay, so, um, yeah, I I do feel that mentally I'm in a better place this year. Physically, I feel. Um, I think last year I was in really good, a really good shape physically and uh, I think uh, the lack of confidence um, probably didn't enable me to have the best race that I could have. Uh, but yeah, taking all those expectations off me and then racing Arizona and coming out um, of that race with a, with, you know, a sub nine hour and a sub three hour marathon uh, really set the stage for this year for me of what I am potentially capable of. and. Uh, I feel um, I can deliver no matter what the temperature and conditions are and um, I mean for me the harder it is the better race it is for me because I feel like it doesn't really matter where it's cold or cold I can still have a really great race so I feel I'm ready to um, to race here in a, in a really good mental shape much better than last year for sure. Miranda, how has your confidence been affected by the season you've had so far? Um, yeah, I mean, certainly I have had a quieter year than I have in past years leading into this race, uh, but I've made a lot of changes and maybe uh, tried some different things this year. Um, you know, I think you need to sometimes make changes uh, and try different things in order to get better. So the result of that has been a bit of a mixed bag, as I said. Um, I had a great race in, in July, uh, in June, sorry, um, and a half there, and I also had a great race in July and Lake Stevens. So, you know, the results are still there, or at least, um, you know, there's been a couple of good results this year. Um, and certainly in training, that's where I draw my most confidence from the training sessions that I've done, um, the work that I've done. Certainly, you know, since July, I've put in a fantastic training block. Um, and, I, you know, that in itself gives me enough confidence um, to go out there and, and believe that, you know, I have what it takes to contend for the title. All right, we've got six minutes left, Timothy. Andreas, uh, in my opinion, you're the quintessential sportsman of this sport. You have the highest, you know, standards of integrity and kindness and friendship. But uh, some people who say that they're very good friends of yours say that they've had many conversations with you about being a little bit meaner near the end. <laughs> have you taken any of them to heart, or, or are we all just crazy? I hope there's no hidden camera somewhere. <laughs> uh, first of all, thank you for this compliment, but uh, uh, if it comes to a race, I mean, I've been here three times, and uh, I was third, second, and third, and uh, without this little killer instinct, you might need, uh, I think you wouldn't finish on the podium. And um, we are all doing sports, we all know each other for years, and when it comes to a race, then it's a race, and when the race is over, the race is over. Sorry, it's just that simple. That's what I expected. <laughs> you have to translate it, I think, you're saying you don't have to be an a-hole to win. <laughs>
can actually be a good athlete and still race well and be a good decent person and have to be angry at everyone. And, but. I'm just going to weigh in here and just say the sport's way too humbling. I think that uh, all 10 athletes would, would agree that, uh, you know, Ironman triathlon is, is just too humbling. Um, there's, there's not too many egos uh, around. Uh, Bevan? Sorry, um, you, you mentioned that you kind of the reason you decided to do the race this year was because Lance was going to be here and obviously he's not. You've kind of proven it. You've got the best time of all time. You've won it many times. So where, where did your motivation shift at that time once that kind of carrot was taken away from you? Well, to be honest, when I when I crossed the line last year, in my gut, I thought I would come back. You know, I think when you're 38, it's inevitable you you answer questions about, you know, finding a green pasture somewhere and, um, you know, what's what's left to achieve, what's more to prove, and for me, what what's left to do is what what there always was to do, become a better athlete. And obviously, when Lance was um, interested in racing here, that was exciting to me because I thought everybody knows his level of preparation that's going to raise the bar I think he was going to bring a level of professionalism that we hadn't seen so you know I thought what better way everyone's going to have to fine-tune um, look for half a percent here and there and, and I think at some point in your career you know you're off the steep part of your improvement curve and that's what you're looking for um, that being said he's not here and you know I'm going to have my hands full with the guys who are here so you know, everyone um, wants to make out it's a two-horse race between Chris and myself. Um, obviously, we won the last five times, and you know if, if that's a talking point, that's great. But it's not a two-horse race. Um, I think Chris is going to be totally competitive for sure. You know, he's. I think the hard thing about this sport is not only the physical grind but the mental grind. And after a decade racing, he took a year off, so he's mentally fresh. Yet he's still got all that base in the tank. So. But it's not a two-horse race. I think the astute followers of the sport know that it would be insulting to even suggest that. So um, it's a great field. And I mean, yeah, I guess the Lance thing was taken away, but I'm still glad I'm here. I love this race. And, uh, you know, I guess you've got to have a reason to get up in the morning and train hard. And initially, I, that was a, a catalyst for me. But um, it doesn't take long, you know, to, to get your juices flowing just thinking about racing out here. And as I say, I'm going to have my hands full with the guys who are here. It's a competitive field. and. Like every year, people try and play favourites. It's impossible, you know. Forget history, it's a new year. The race doesn't play favourites. You have to have prepared well. You have to be mentally ready. And in my opinion, there's 10 guys who could win here, but only one's going to. So I guess we'll all find out on Saturday who that is. Gentlemen down the back. Uh, point of view, ladies, uh, is there any difference with having your own start in terms of race dynamics? Yep. Well, let's just go quickly down the line uh, so the girls can have a chat too. Question, yeah. if you didn't hear it, sorry, Marinda, was uh, is there a difference for the girls' race having a five-minute uh, um, time from the men's at 6.35? Yeah, I think, um, you know, every pro woman has been asking for this for the last couple of years, um, to have our own race and to be you know, able to sort of separate ourselves from the guys. I think the five-minute... Um, delay of five minutes uh, head start the guys get is is a fantastic step in the right direction. I think, uh, I don't think it's enough. You know, I've, I'd like to see eight to ten minutes. I think uh, some of the women are still going to swim into the men's packs and get mixed up at the start of the bike there. So, you know, I would like to see a few more minutes. I, I mean, I don't know why we can't have a few more minutes, make the guys start a couple of minutes earlier. I mean, it's light early enough. I don't think the guys would, I don't think the guys would, um, you know, um, argue 
uh, with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think everybody here is probably super happy, but I'll let the other girls chime in. I agree with Drini. Um, we saw Melbourne, we had two minutes and it's just not enough. So I'm very, very happy we got five, but um, I'm thinking we should get at least ten. Um, but it's a step in the right direction, right? Like Drini said, I'm, I'm really, really happy. Yeah, like Marinda said, we have been asking for this for quite some years now, and especially being one of the strongest swimmers in the field, it's always been for me a bit of a battle with the men's race. Um, and I can count so many times where I've been actually physically hit by one of the male swimmers, and you know it's really detrimental to my race. Uh, I feel there shouldn't be uh, another swimmer when I'm one of the strongest swimmers in the field coming out three minutes ahead of me, uh, when a few weeks before I was coming out ahead of them. Um, and that's really the difference I think it makes for us. It puts us all on the women start, you know, start on a level playing field. Whereas before, I think if you're a good, you know, feet drafter, you can sit on one of the men's feet. Whereas now it's that that option is out, uh, and I think it's really made for a better, fairer race for us, and I think for you guys as well. I mean, you get to see a completely separate race coming out of the swim, and and I think it's a, a better way to follow the race from everyone else's perspective as well. Yeah, I think I, I basically agree with um, everything. <laughs> I think um, I think the more separate we can keep it, the better. Um, and with that in mind, it's kind of kind of want to be separate from the men's race, but we want to keep it separate from the age group race. And moving the start a couple of years ago, half an hour made a big difference in that respect. So we kind of want to keep the gap on both sides. I think. No, I'm Kelly, disagree with you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I want to start. I want to fight with the men as much as possible. No, um, yeah, it's a good move. It, uh, it, it, what I like is you know who to stay with. So you have a big pack, and in and, and a women's race, it's, it's you, somebody shoots up front, and you go, that's who I need to try to stay with versus men you don't know. Um, I also kind of think that the draft zone should be two, uh, two reflectors, not one, but that's a whole other topic. <laughs> Okay, so firstly, I'd just like to say I'm very disappointed in Rachel. I was uh, ready for an argument. She's a lawyer by trade and uh, didn't, didn't really go there. <laughs> You're getting soft, Rachel. All right, we've got time for two more questions. Roger. Craig, just following on from the last question about lands, um, I guess a two-part question. So what was your, how did you cope with that sort of, like you'd said that, that there was that motivation and that disappeared. And also just your reaction as a fellow athlete to everything that's happened last few months you know, with, with someone you know that you looked up to for a long time or still do yeah well firstly I mean um, I guess when the news broke I think it was in June that he wouldn't be racing I was disappointed for the sport as, mu as much as for myself by that point I was you know all in with my desire to come back so nothing changed from that front it was all systems go but um, yeah I mean there was a disappointment factor for sure I guess the other side of the coin is I, I, I really didn't disagree with WTC's WTC stance of um, zero tolerance for performance enhancing drugs. So, um, but then another issue, I guess, and, and there's many issues here. You know, this is a multi-layered thing, and I don't want to get too complicated. Is is it is it enough to lasso a man on on innuendo and, and so-called testimony? I mean. I get drug tested a lot. I'm sure he gets drug tested a hell of a lot more than me. I want to see something. Otherwise, nick off. You know, I mean, it, it's black and white for me. There's no shades of grey. It's you did it or you didn't do it. If you've got evidence, I want to see it. 
otherwise take off, take your argument. And so, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't believe in crucifying a man's reputation on, on whatever. Obviously, a lot more has come to light. And, um, you know, to be honest, I don't read chat sites or newspapers. No offence taken, you guys are all great writers. <laughs> but um, I, guess the, I guess the broader thing is for the sport, maybe we're not going to have as many eyes on, on us. Um, yeah, but my, my feeling is this. Above all else, the integrity of the race and the sport comes first. I'm, I'm not about short-term headlines, punchlines. It's about sustainability and the integrity of the event. Whether it be performance-enhancing drugs, people cutting the course, whatever it is, I don't discriminate between forms of cheating. You know? They're all the same to me, so um, I guess take a hard line on all of them and, and it is what it is. I mean, as far as my situation goes, like I said, I'm going to have my hands full with, with the gentlemen who are here. Um, so that's what I've been concentrating on, things that are going to make me go quicker this weekend. And, you know, it's been an interesting talking point. It's been an interesting last eight or nine months, but um, I can't say I disagree with WTC stance either. Just to clarify, WTC and IT, the International Triathlon Union, do follow the rules of water. Last question. Who is it going to be? Over here. Rennie, this year without Julie Divins racing and even Lisa Wellington, it is... Uh, entirely possible that you won't have that much time to make up when you get off the bike and does that change your run strategy at all? Do you think that maybe while having 20 minutes to make up is a lot, does that sort of drive you in a way to go run faster? You know, I, I think I just sort of hop off the bike and go for it regardless. I mean, I'm, you know, in years past I was always about breaking run records and seeing how fast I can run and that's no different this year. I want to see how fast I can run off the bike again this year and um, you know whether the girls are five minutes ten minutes 15 minutes ahead you know I'll be chasing and I'll be chasing until the finish line so and I think that's what it's going to take again anyway so <laughs> I think if you're in a mindset I mean I've that's been my whole career to be honest I've never been a great swimmer um, sort of been better on the bike and then had to run people down so it's been my mentality since I started triathlon and it continues to be my my, uh, my mentality so um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, if I find myself in, in the front at, you know, some point in the run, I'll probably still push hard to the end uh, because that's just how I race. Okay, Jombo, so what do you think of the pro conference? Outstanding as always. That punch-up was awesome, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, Rennie just bloody cleaned out Macca. Just a nice round, right Macca won't be there. Won't he? I can't, obviously you guys have listened to this and we're recording this bit before we actually go to the pro uh, conference but I mentioned it was the top three from last year mm-hmm. and Mecca wasn't there I'm sure year. they'll invite Mecca yeah. whether he turns up or well his name question. wasn't on the list okay so well, anyway. mm-hmm. um, today on Facebook yesterday I put up um, who was uh, your picks for the top three today I'm putting up there I've had this idea you've got to put your dark horse up there and you've got to predict their placing obviously and where they're going to come in so you've got one dark horse male and female where they're going to come in a time estimation we know the weather plays a huge part over here person who gets their dark horse in the right place closest time I'll be the judge of how everything sort of works oh, out so wait a second so it's kind of like when you pick the 33rd no they've got to be in the top top five so, so you've got one dark horse who's going to be in the top five well maybe what you should also do is just pick somebody to get anywhere you know what I mean? Because yeah. you know how you picked the 33rd that yeah, year? Yeah. Luke, we should have told, it was Luke McKenzie, wasn't it? I think it was. should have told him. He would have loved that. Yeah. I picked you as 33rd. 
I'm sure he would have loved hearing that. I had a lot of faith in you, mate. I thought you'd get 33rd. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Um, so, yeah, so the deal is you can pick one male and one female, dark horse, got to finish in the top five, and you've got to put their predicted time in. Close and then tomorrow's person. question will be you could pick anybody. Deal. And, and, and we'll get a prize for both. Yep. Yep. Nice. This is sensational. Exactly. Okay, so what happens from here, John? So we've done the media conference. So Is there any press releases over the last day that we need to know? Oh, there's a whole bunch of new sponsors coming on board. Ironman yeah. sponsors. Um, we've seen that Montreal Blanc is going to be the US oh, Championships. Oh, that's a bit we'll So where's that? It. That's the Canada, um, the Canada one, oh, first time so this year. Oh, that's how they're trying to counter. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's for two years. So they're trying to counter the challenge. Yeah. Challenge. Yeah. Challenge, challenge. Um, what else is going on, Bevan? Um, Friday's always a quiet day. We like to go around the, um, the we'll go around the expo. Well, I imagine that we may even get some post-media conference interviews that we'll chuck on. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah that we'll chuck on tomorrow's show as well. Yeah. Um, I will make a comment on an email I got before we got, you got John. Oh. You, you keep talking. Okay. This is very important. Uh, what else goes on on Friday? Um, we'll be out on the coffee boat again, and I don't know what else we'll do. Catching you know up with doing? the fellas from Training Peaks. Yeah, we're going to catch up with the fellas from Epic Camp. We're uh, a bit yeah. of an old Epic Camp meetup. Yeah. Have yeah. we told Chelsea? It's your job. Yeah. Yeah. Saw him this morning when I was running. Oh, did you? Did, did a bit of reminiscing this morning. You know, I was running down a Lee Drive, thinking this time yesterday, <laughs> smoking <laughs> Bevan's ass. <laughs> well, here's we gun. Mark Scudamore. That was the yeah. missile. Yeah, the Scud. Uh, yeah, I think the missile. Yeah. yeah. He, he came in and he said, "Look, Kona, if Bevan has to sleep on the couch in Kona, I for one would pay an extra dollar. That is US two a month." If that's what it takes for you guys to get back to Kona and Bevan have a decent bed, no wonder he finished after John Nequithon. So, so John, I mean, Mark, you're right. I, I could have taken him out, but my back was sore <laughs> from the bed I'm in. That's, you know, I'm pulling that one out all year. <laughs> there you go. Donate to the show and get Bevan a bed. Yeah, <laughs> give me a bed, please. <laughs> so, all good. And all, people are asking when we get the red T-shirts. People love the red T-shirts. I'll, um, I'll pop um, Eric from O2 Creations an email because I know last year we had the blue blue versions and yep. um, and he, he, was, he was selling um, the ones without I Am Talk on them, but... Maybe we'll um, I'll, I'll pop him an email and let people know. Cause and Brian, I Brian hasn't got the last name. He reckons Kat Snow's going to take out Rennie's record. Oh, quite own. possible. Possible. She's pretty close. <sighs> yeah. Man, those girls are fast. Yeah. Okay, John. Well, we've got to pretty much wrap this up because we've got to go. But um, we'll be back tomorrow with day four of Kony Super Cup Super Series. So that last one before the race. It is too. Mm. And the other thing that we need to remember, John... Is race day, we won't be putting content out on race day because we're not allowed to. We'll just we'll check on that. We'll, just, we'll find out. Today. I think we're allowed to do not race coverage as such. Yeah, but general chit-chat. Yeah. But what we will do is we're going to be on Facebook all day, so when we can be on Facebook. So we'll be kind of going on Facebook just when we're in the media conference and stuff like that. So if you're if you're kind of watching the race wherever you are in the world on Ironman Live and just want to see what the community is talking about, make sure you jump on Facebook throughout the day because there'll be lots of people on there just kind of a bit of banter. Mm. Seeing what's happening in the race, so that's we've all got to, good. We've got, to, we've got to get on the NBC cover. You've got to get on the NBC coverage again. Remember you did it last time? I did too, didn't I? Yeah. So Those red I, t-shirts are going to stand out a bit more this year. Where can year. we do it, John? Where's the key to getting on TV? Mm. I was in the background with an interview, wasn't I? That's, yeah. it, that's how I got on. Yeah. Coming out of the energy lab, they may sometimes have a shot coming out. You've got to be around when the key part of the race happens. Just follow them on the run the whole time. Literally right, right behind them. them. Just run the run behind them. Yeah. We couldn't stay with them. Uh, no, we couldn't. No, that breaks our heart. Fresh, I, fresh marathon, what I do, two, uh, 2.38, all in, full effort. John? In decent conditions. Swanee's taking you. 
Yeah, Swanee, you, you, you're going down. Swanee's under 235. I'm going to come back. I was telling yeah. Albert, the fifth best, mar- best marathoner in the world yesterday or today about that. And he was like, oh, that's pretty good from Swanee. He's yeah. going, John, step up. Yeah. Now that you're coming back to being an athlete. Bevan, you've got to step up too. Mate, you. I'm retired. After yesterday's effort, I'm definitely I put you into retirement. That's right. <laughs> Give up now. Right, we're going to go do stuff. Okay, guys, so uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Um, Gain, spread the word. Let everyone know what we're doing. We, we really appreciate that. You, you know, we're getting lots of hits to the website, so obviously you guys are doing that, but keep it up. I'm Russ. I'm Endo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.